Joe Declassified is going on tour, and we'll be bringing the hidden world of G.I. Joe with us as we attend the Canadian G.I. Joe Convention, August 10th and 11th, CoilCon in Kokomo, Indiana at Kokomo Toys, September 8th, the Kane County Toy Show in October, and Iowa's Assembly Required Meet in November. Keep it locked to the Joe Declassified site and forum, as well as Facebook and Twitter for more information. As usual, the following recording may contain language and content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Joe Declassified Spec Ops. Justin? Ha! Ah. Ah. Justin? <laughs> I, th- I think something's wrong with Justin's mic. <laughs> Justin, can you hear me? Hasbro sucks. <laughs> Tonight on a long overdue episode of JDSO, repaints variations and eras galore. Notpacad lays down his laws as to what constitutes a variation and what makes something simply an error. Also, those yet-to-be-released discount repaints get a rundown as the team is joined by some very special guests, and we talk about the functionality of Yojo.com. I'm Mo in order, and this is Joe Declassified Spec Ops. Hello and welcome to, we'll call it, episode 6 of Joe Declassified Spec Ops. Uh, We are a podcast about the hidden world of G.I. Joe. All of the images for this episode, hopefully, can be found at joedeclassified.com slash forum and joedeclassified.com. I am Gyre Viper, a.k.a. Gary Goggles. With me tonight is the virtuoso of variations, Pat Stewart, also known as Not Picard. Hello, Pat. Hello, Gary. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good, ready to uh, talk about some things that, uh, you know, I I probably spend a lot of time with that nobody else cares about. That's all. That's what we do. And we are also joined by our newest resident host, who I had the pleasure of hanging out with again at the King County Toy Show. You might recognize him from the front page of a forum that shall remain nameless for his custom castings of the Zombie Viper. Brian Nova Kaufman joins us again. Good evening, Brian. Howdy. How are you? I'm well. I'm, I'm very happy and well. So you were doing some casting tonight. Can we? Can you? Can you speak to that at all, or is that like uh, super secret? Just, just making more nanobats. <laughs> Something you guys know and love, nanobats. <laughs> nanobats. 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 Did you say nanobats? Something like that. Wait, what? guys. What? What the hell? Is a nanobat. Nano, 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 nanobat. Ah. Uh, For anyone who isn't aware, which is probably 99.9% of the people listening, uh, Roshan and I set up a little mini Joe Declassified booth at the King County Toy Show. Uh, Chicago Scott and Polly Phoenix and Zartan80 from the community stopped by, amongst others. Uh, It was a lot of fun, and it just so happened that Brian was in town for the show. Uh, Brian, what did you think of our little unsanctioned declassified booth? It's pretty impressive. Uh, You know, a a lot of nice stuff. Uh, some some things that I never really expected to see came into my hands, and uh, <laughs> I'm quite pleased about that. So it was a nice job, well done. Huh. Uh, and that brings us to Mr. Josh Carlson, the one they call Roshan when they can remember his name. Uh, how are things, Josh? Oh, I'm fine. Do you uh, do you want to tell everyone what you plan on doing from now on when you set up at a toy show to whore your books out? Oh, um, yeah, I guess. Um, I, I'm getting bored of just bringing books and having no one visit me so i'm bringing well i guess we're going to be bringing the the classified theme i, I suppose out to uh shows that i go to shop books so that people can see unproduced items 
weapons from all different types of lines over in like Marvel and He-Man and Thundercats and G.I. Joe and all that good stuff. But under the like, same kind of the uh, idea behind uh, Declassified that, that Sam has really brought out in all of us to uh, kind of share information in the history of all these toy lines. Well, it certainly made for a more interesting toy show when we did it at Kane County. Yeah, like, I, I really don't even care if I'm selling the books when I'm hanging out and chatting with all of the uh, collectors in the area. It's a lot more fun. And uh, we're joined by Jared Bennell, a.k.a. Jamin Stone, who has disappeared from the forums but still manages to show up for each episode. Hello, Jared. Hello. How are you, Gary? I'm good. Good to have you here. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. And this is like his fourth recorded episode, but only his second actual appearance. This will become more confusing three episodes from now when it's his seventh recording and only fifth appearance. It's Tim, blah, 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 a.k.a. Tolan. How you doing, Gary? Good, how are you? Pretty good today. What, what was your impression of our little uh, unsanctioned declassified booth at King County? Just like uh, Brian said, uh, it was nice to see uh, all the little different things in there at the toy show that doesn't get produced. And uh, chat with uh, fellow collectors like Josh said. Uh, and he's the antithesis of if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. Beachhead Mike is here. Hey, Mike. I say plenty of nice things. I just don't say them on the air. Uh, uh, uh. Say Let that. Just add that I, I see that we've got. Uh, you know, it it, it kind of makes me upset, Gary. I don't mind telling everybody. I think this podcast could really be something if we could just get some participation going. I look around my, my Skype screen, I only see 11 co-hosts today, ah. and frankly, that pisses me off. I think if we, if, if we actually got the community behind Joe Declassified Special Ops, it would really be something special. Yeah, we can only form, like, two Voltrons and one extra leg. Yeah, I, I, or, anyway, yeah, I'll keep that joke inside, or... but, <laughs> but yes, I mean, it's like, it's, it, 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 we almost have enough to do, like, the car Voltron that nobody in, in the States saw. Except for people where I grew up in in in, uh, in New York, well, so it, it's I mean we're almost there. I think that should be our goal to form the car Voltron. Well, it's in the chat right now. Uh, Godso saying he'll 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 be the third leg, and uh, that just sort of goes without saying that he's a dick. Boy, boy and girl Voltron, initiate. You know, I'm just I'm just shocked that Justin Bell isn't here tonight. <laughs> And sitting just above Mike and has most likely set up camp next to his mailbox waiting for a package from me, the one, the only Commander-in-Chief, Gary Godso, is here. Howdy. How are you, Gary? Doing fantastic. Now, joining us tonight are a few very, very special guests. Uh, to call them staples of the G.I. Joe hobby and community would be an understatement. Uh, but I'm going to let them fight over who gets to introduce themselves first, make them do all the work. So Fred Meyer, a.k.a. Leonard T. Dragon, and Jod Golobulisowski, a.k.a. P-Love, kindly introduce yourselves to the listeners at home. Wow, don't everybody go at once. <laughs> Ready? Fight! Fight! Go for it, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, L Leonard, you I'm go first. All of you. Uh, my name is Fred Meyer. I'm uh, known on the web as Leonardo T. Dragon, or the guy who sh has shared a bed at Joe Con with both Mike Irizarry and Sam Damon. And uh, I'm the owner admin not at of the Joe same Battle time, In your dreams, buddy. And uh, I'm the owner admin of uh, JoeBattleLines.com, and I used to write a bunch of reviews and then took sort of a long hiatus, so it's good to be back. You and Renegades both. <laughs> I, I, believe, I believe James Kavanaugh is open for the Triple Crown, if you're looking for that third guy. Uh oh. Uh oh. 
are about to get a little stinky in here. Well, welcome to the pod. Only if you, only if you bring the honey butter, Mike. Wow. If you sleep with Kevin at the con, it has to be in the back of a rusty van. That's law. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the podcast, friend. That sounded like Tim there. Uh, what about you, John? What are you doing here? I have no freaking clue what I'm doing here. Uh, that makes no 11 of us. Uh, I'm the admin of joecustoms.com. I guess I'm here to prove that these some of the stuff we're talking about tonight aren't actually customs. Uh, I also contribute to the Joe Canuck newsletter and the terradrome.com sometimes, occasionally. Uh, really, I got no clue why I got invited to do this. You guys are the experts. I'm just, you know, opinions in the Joe community are like snake guys figures. Everyone has one. And as if 10 of us wasn't enough, we are joined by the most special guest of all, and he is special, the owner of Joe Declassified, Sam Nomad Damon is with us. Good evening, Sam. Good evening, Gary. Uh, clean your nose off there for a second. <laughs> yes, give me a moment. Seriously, how are you doing, Sam? Oh, I'm good. Glad I can make another episode. Definitely good to have you on. All right, so unless you've been living under a rock viper for the past few weeks, you have probably seen the mysterious, what are being called discount or dollar store G.I. Joe figures that uh, I discovered in my ever-active gyre viping and posted pictures of said figures on Joe Declassified and then later posted repaints of those figures on Joe Declassified and mixed somewhere... I read they were custom. They're, they're customs. And mix somewhere into all that were my customs of the San Diego uh, Constructicon bat and my excellent custom of the elusive Quinn action figure. Now, of course, most people here on the podcast knew about these way before I posted pics on D-Class. Uh, the people on this podcast are my go-to people, so they always get to see things before everybody else. Um, to be honest, I almost didn't post pics at all. I was rather hesitant. Um, but, uh, I decided to post pics and the results, well, I'll turn it over to everyone else. Um, I'll start with Brian. Uh, Nova, what was your first impression on these discount figures? Uh, I'm definitely more excited about the discount figures than the movie figures. I think that's the first and most important impression. The other one was that you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, I don't really need a whole lot of detail. I, I I'm, if I really need detail, I'll paint it on myself. Yeah, at King County, I, I believe the words you used to describe, or the word you used to describe them, was fun. You said they're fun. Yeah, fun. you know, I mean, any any time a figure, there's whatever that uh, economic supply and demand kind of thing, where where once it gets to a certain cost, I really don't want any figures. But when they get cheap enough, I'll buy any figure regardless of what the figure is. It's just. You know, and and these figures are going to be at a price where I'm interested in them all, and they're designs that are interesting enough that I may actually want them all. So, plus plus for me. Plus plus, he means hand size, of course. <laughs> all right, uh, Pat. What what about you? Uh, you know, you're uh, you're Mister Variation. You're Mister uh, uh, Mister Pre-Production. Uh, what about the uh, the Storm Shadow repaint and everything? Uh, what were your what were your overall impressions, I guess, of all 12, was it 12, of these figures? Well, you know, probably the one that got me most excited was the Storm Shadow repaint, since it is an homage to Ginzu. I thought that that was just an amazing nod to the fans. Um, you know, occasionally Hasbro does something that says, hey, we haven't forgotten about you, and I don't think it gets 
a, a more blatant, hey, we haven't forgotten about you than a, a you know, a repaint like that, which is kind of an, an obscure character that if I had to make a list of the last figures that we would see in the modern style or the last characters that were vintage figures that we would see, you know, he would have been on that list. And yet, you know, he's coming out here in a few weeks or a few months. I don't know how long it's going to take to get these, hopefully soon. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, I think it's great. I think that it gives something fans something to look forward to. I think that the toy line needs to have, you know, a line reeling the kids in, which is what retaliation hopefully will do. And a line also that will be uh, helping out the fans. I thought it would be more something more along the lines of what Star Wars has going with their vintage collection stuff. But if this is what we're getting, that's awesome. Especially if I am uh, wrong thinking that they are going to be more expensive than they're going to be. I mean, this is like, you know, exactly what we've all been hoping for. What about uh, what about you, God? So I know you've probably talked some of these to death on what's on Joe Mind. Uh, what? Uh... Oh yeah, we certainly have. Uh, in an earlier episode, and I even quoted it on uh, one of our last episodes we had. Uh, Mike basically said, you know, give me. You don't need to give me a Duke with eight guns. Give me a Duke with a gun and a backpack, and I'll be happy. Well, this is what you're getting out of this. You're getting classic figures, and ironically, once again, I'll say we we, we, we came back to the core figure concept, and no one's saying anything about getting another Snake Eyes, another Storm Shadow, and another Cobra Commander. That's how, how, how well these have gone over. Everyone's totally overlooked the fact that four of the six are core figures that everyone complains about getting so vehemently. But... You're getting you're getting a, a figure with minimum accessories, and that's all you really need because by this point in time, we have enough that we could rearm our Joes anytime we want with just about anything we want, and a figure stand. Now we didn't get the file card out of this, but right now I'm willing to take victories where we can get them, and this right here is a great victory for all collectors that still wish to see the 25th slash 30th anniversary continue while the movie era is going on as well. Is is this true, Mike? Did you really say all that? I, I, well, not in so many words. I think my words were more that Hasbro listens to me get in line. <laughs> no, no, but, uh, but yeah, I, I did, uh, I, I was, uh, rambling on a bit, um, in that, um, you know, we, we were, um, kind of in awe of the 30th anniversary figures that, uh, particularly the Renegades guys, uh, that, that Duke came with something like five different guns and, and that Storm Shadow just had so much stuff. And, and I comment, I mean, it's neat. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to make it sound like all that stuff is, is just junk and garbage and blah, 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 blah. It's not. It, it's great. And it really helps the play value of the toy overall. But when it comes down to it, you know, Duke's only going to be shooting one gun at once. Uh, Storm Shadow's only going to be swinging one sword at a time. Um, yep. You know, you didn't, have to, you didn't have to keep wowing us with extras. If, if, you're wor- if they're worrying about the cost of figures, which we certainly were at the time, um, rather than, than cutting articulation, we'd just as soon cut our, cut accessories. And, um, that, that, that kind of is the, the route we've taken here. Um, I know, uh, Pat said he was real excited about the, uh, the storm shadows in this line. I'm, I'm more excited about both the Dukes, uh, simply because they're not Duke. They're, they're going to be turned into the better customs of the original 13 and guys like that. Um, I'm excited about the Cobra Troopers. Uh, I think that 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 officer-looking Night Force guy is a, is a great guy to have. I mean, it, it looks enough like a Cobra Trooper that you don't mind putting him with your Cobra Troopers. I think he looks different enough that uh, you know, obviously, that's your officer, and and, and you're not uh, 
you're not spread out about it and and, and uh, you know it, it's it's just it's I, I think this will just be a great way to keep uh, folks who are maybe maybe a little turned off by the movie line uh, in tune with with the GI Joe brand. Jared, you're our our resident A-Rob purist, or at least one of them. Uh, what what do you think about these? You know, uh, when I first saw these, I thought they were pretty dang cool. Um, I like I like the simplistic look. You know, and and what's interesting that I've noted, especially on the forums, is because they're they're coming out as dollar store um, figures, you know, for discounted prices, etc. You don't see the usual, well, at least I haven't seen the usual bitching about, well, the card is too small, it doesn't have the classic card art, uh, where's the file card, etc., etc. So we've been spared that, which has been nice. Um, as far as the, the figures themselves, uh, I, I'd have to say the highlights in, in, the, in this group is definitely the Duke figure. Uh, like Mike was saying, I can see these, you know, I mean, all it is is doing some head swaps pretty much on, on these to get a really nice uh, original 13 going. Um, and of course, my favorite, my favorite figure probably out of all of them is the shipwreck. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters and I thought they've done a, I thought they did a great job uh, on, I like both versions. I like the blue version a little better, but I th- think both versions are incredibly um, well done. Um, got plenty of articulation and all the all the stuff that uh, that a Joe fan really needs. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 really liking the line. Well, back in back in episode two, we pretty much dissected every figure that was revealed at Toy Fair for retaliation. And uh, Sam, you were one of our. Uh, you were one of the most vocal people as far as uh, what 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 was and wasn't okay with you as a Joe collector in the retaliation line. So, uh, where do these discount figures fall with you? I know you're a huge uh, a huge troop builder, and there's what like one sort of legitimate troop builder, and the rest maybe if you kit bashed a few, uh, you can get some more troops out of them. But uh, what's your take on these? Well, there's I mean there's two troop builders. There's the repaints the Cobra Soldier. Well, so yeah, you, know, you can treat you can treat each of those as individual versions. Um, I don't, I, you know, obviously I don't, I've never done what I think everybody else out there is going to do, um, which is buy up multiple Dukes and kit bash and never been a fan. You know, I, I like to have my original one as, as purchased from the store with the accessories. And I really don't do a lot of the, the customizing or part swapping that all said, um, I, I do like each of the figures. Uh, you know, the Duke does feel a little redundant only because uh, one, it doesn't really feel like Duke. Um, it does obviously act as a, as a homage to, uh, you know, an older character. I can understand why they changed the name. Uh, so you have Duke's name recognition and, and you can make that figure be whoever you want. Um, but moving beyond that, I think all the other ones are good. I'm okay with a minimal accessory compliment. Uh, I'm a firm believer with, you know, GI Joe figures that if they can't carry it, I don't need it in the package. Um, I, I hate having bins or baggies of extra stuff. So, when you take that as a whole, I'm pretty thrilled with what we're getting. And uh, in fact, right now with the you know the minimal true builders in there, it sort of makes me happy. I don't have to go hog wild tearing up stores. So looks good to me. All right. Well, uh, since uh, since I was uh, accused of uh, faking these or customizing these and or purchasing bootlegs or customs, uh, Mr. Mr. Joe Customs, Mr. Pilov, uh, what? Uh, if if you've noticed since these went up, I've become a little more active than not on Joe Customs. I uh, I, uh, I I usually just didn't 
join every G.I. Joe forum because I didn't want to be redundant. And since, uh, you know, a lot of times, like, people were talking about things I posted, I didn't want to, like, you know, just cut and paste pretty much uh, what I had to say about certain things. So I usually just stayed away from... Uh, I mean, if you've noticed, I really didn't say anything at all other than I almost didn't post these on any of the other forums. Uh, but uh, Joe Customs especially uh, had a lot of uh, interesting things to say about these. So what what was your impression and what do you think the overall sort of uh, community impression was of these from your perspective? Oh, for, first of all, I was just surprised as hell that anybody thought these were customs. First of all, the source, they're coming from you, you know. It's like on Joe Customs, we do have, you know, a lot of customizers. So the first reaction, to, I mean, nobody thought customs. They were like, whoa, where'd these come from? That was the first reaction. There was nothing at Toy Fair about this. There was no behind-the-scenes talk about this at Toy Fair. There was this, I think, even guys that know behind-the-scenes, this still came out of the blue. You just knew about it a little bit quicker than the rest of us. You know, it, it just... It just blew us away because this wasn't the direction any of us thought Hasbro was going to go. Some people have been talking about the continuation of the 25th line forever. You know, that's the way a lot of people wanted to go. And we saw at Toy Fair that was not the direction. It was a kid-friendly, reduced articulation where it needed to be cut costs, but get a package out there, you know, spending wisely kind of thing. And then, bam, dollar store line. Where the hell did that come from? That was the first reaction. And yeah, for for core characters, you didn't hear any talk about that. Nobody's going, oh, another Snake Eyes? Because they did it different. This isn't just another Black Snake Eyes and just another White Storm Shadow. They actually went back to different eras of the line and pulled out some really cool things. Uh, I mean, you got the version four Snake Eyes with the blue coming back out. I mean, that was a good figure. Colors aside, it was a good figure. Uh, Ginsu, you're never going to get Ginsu in a major mass retail line. He's just never going to show up. But here you got him. And, you know, Devil's Due Shipwreck, you know, the closest we got was the Rise of Cobra Shipwreck, which was just that pseudo-seal look for him. But here he's stepping right out of the pages, you know. And I'm just excited about him, super excited. I, I think you can tell. And then Duke slash grunt whichever you want to call him just reuses that zap body and that that's just an awesome figure so i'm glad that hasbro is able to to reuse that in this way well what what about you fred i I, uh it was funny because i went over to joe battle because i had been going through all the forums to see what people were saying about him and seeing if uh Mostly I was going through trying – because I, I, I kept getting all these messages from people who uh, signed up to other forums and had zero posts and had just signed up that day messaging me about them. And I was like, all right, maybe what it is is I'm just not being active enough and answering questions and that kind of thing. And uh, obviously like on some forums, everyone's like, are these customs? I think these are too good to be true, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go from forum to forum and just try to – participate in the conversation more and try not to be redundant but also try to answer questions so i go over to joe battle lines and there emblazoned on the front page was your uh your very enthusiastic uh post about these and uh which is actually one of the reasons i wanted you uh to come on and talk about these um because you seem genuinely jazzed uh so i'm 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 not going to assume what your impression was but i will ask you you know what what was your first impression and what's your lasting impression on these well, I, I think my first impression was, holy crap, Hasbro's actually done it. Uh, that, that these are figures that, 
yeah, I mean, you've got some familiar characters, and you're going back to the core character concept, but like a lot of the guys have already said, you're getting just the accessories you need. You're getting um, a figure stand, you're in a they're uh, they're affordably priced, and they're going to be hopefully a lot easier to find than some of the later waves of uh, 30th anniversary. You know, you're getting an awesome Ninja Force Storm Shadow. You've got figures in here that are great for custom fodder. You know, with things like Grunt and some, and uh, even the Green Shipwreck. Which, if you're doing a mod, a more modern team, you've got a great base there. And I think it was just the fact that. Hasbro had found a way to put out something at the same time as the movie line for people who may not be gravitating toward that movie aesthetic. I was going to ask you, I was totally going to ask you something about you just said, now my brain just rose. Um, <laughs> holy shit. Like, I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I got to ask him about that. Now I don't remember. I'm personally amazed how many people got a hold of your home taken photos for their own personal use. Don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm amazed, at, I'm amazed at how many people think these are customs because you know we've seen you paint. <laughs> I can't do. I can't even collect right, so I'm surprised people think I can paint to save have my life. Have you ever actually seen a, a, a Gary Head custom? I, I don't recall such. There's one. there are two of them. Uh, there are two of them buried in Slaughterhouse custom contests. When I've hosted the Slaughterhouse custom contest, there's a. I did Cobra Commander with hoses. And I did like this glittery, I don't know, maybe I'll post it in the show notes. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to commission at the convention this year a D-class contest where somebody, where all our all our people that come by the booth can make a custom of Gyre Viper himself. I have I, a contest right there. I think I have eight Gyre Viper customs. I actually just got one at King County where I'm, uh, where I'm that uh, Joe Rhino did where I'm sporting a big sort of Uncle Sam, Dr. Seuss hat. It's uh uh, it it definitely looks like me wearing a giant hat. That's for sure. Um, Joe, I know the most reclusive Chicago collector around. Yeah, and then I forgot to bring it. Like he had all these people come up to me and Josh's booth, Josh and I's booth, and uh, I was like, my, and I totally forgotten to bring it. I felt so bad because I just gotten it the day before, and I forgot to throw it back in my bag when I was unloading. But uh, oh well. Um. I mean- I've always been under the impression from last year's CoilCon that Gary has problems signing his own name. <laughs> that could have been the beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Josh? Uh, I know that you were, uh, well, I'm trying to think of your exact quote that you said uh, when, when you first heard about these for me, that uh, someone, whoever, whoever came up with this concept at Hasbro deserves a raise and some overall recognition for sort of being able to... Uh, to, to minimize cost while maximizing interest, something along those lines. Yeah, it's just about turning back the clock when you were, I can't remember, somebody, somebody people have had so many uh, opinions on it so far, I can't remember who did it, but uh, uh, basically this, this nuclear arms race of accessories and web gear and, and all this, more and more and more in the package, with costs costing to go down, they... You know, they just they hit a, like they hit a home run as everyone else has said too. So they they managed to turn back the clock and bring us something that we can enjoy at a decent price. Because I mean, I think I think you would have had a firestorm of complaints had these been regular price going to be at any other regular store. And uh, just, just two dollars or three dollars difference of price point, and everyone's falling at their feet, Hasbro's feet, thanking them. So it's a good way to go. Well, that, that brings me to a question. Uh, Tim, I'll let you take this one out the gate, but I do want 
everyone's opinion or uh, thoughts on this. Do you think, Tim, that maybe they could do something like this with uh, with vehicles here and there? I mean, maybe not discount store, but, um, you know, it, there has been talk of, you know, uh, or at least discussions of packaging vehicle drivers separate from vehicles, which is annoying on one level, um, but it, it it's been done before, give or take, on another level. So, I mean... Uh, Tim, you're the you're the big vehicle guy. Uh, could you see anything like this in vehicle form? Well, I'll start with that. I'll agree with everybody that has commented on the figures so far that it's. I think it's the right direction for Hasbro to go for for what's going against retaliation right now to have a alternative, and that's what suits these figures very well. As to your question about vehicles. I think in the past, during the Bella versus Venom line or Spy Troop, they did try something with with the budget type vehicles that were packaged a little differently. But honestly, the what Hasbro has been showing us for the last four or five years or so doesn't. I mean, they've overused the vehicles that they have. So I mean, short of seeing, you know, something like. The retaliation bikes or the motorcycles coming in a budget line. I mean, you're going to have to strip packaging to a, a single card and a zip, ziplock bag. Right, a ziplock bag. I mean, no instructions. Self self stickered. You know, all already take it out of package and play with it. It's just I really don't see a vehicle in but, any good significant size ever reaching. The budgets. But a lot, a lot of the, the the fact that they reuse so much stuff is because the first incarnation just didn't sell or was canceled out the gate. I mean, they're using what Iron Man motorcycles, and they're or, well, I mean, Pat, Pat, didn't you suggest that maybe it was sort of interchangeable? They were probably designed for both lines. That's what I thought, but then I've found since then that 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 motorcycle originally was intended for the Iron Man Armored Avenger toy line which actually was the extension of the Iron Man 2 toy line, but it was well after the movie that that was going to continue, so they were rebranding it. Oh. Uh, so this was definitely, th- that motorcycle was definitely uh, designed well before the retaliation. But it, it, we could argue that, that if these retaliation vehicles don't sell, we're just going to see them again and again and again. I mean, whether it's the, the, the Pac His tank, whether it's the mechs, whether it's, I mean, those mechs go all the way back to Sigma-6, if... Lord knows if they are even before then. Um, so I'm just trying to think like, you know, okay, they have an answer for some figures. You know, what's the answer for the vehicles then? Other than not making any more vehicles or... Oh, that's a good point. I, I think that we need to keep in mind that the not answer for the vehicles would be to go revisit some of the Joe versus Cobra era vehicles that didn't really go over necessary well with fans. I think that if they were going to do some of the vehicles, they need to look at what is the lowest cost? I, I don't think it's ridiculous to think that they could do this with a flight pod or with a fang or something that, you know, isn't very large in size. Something, basically anything that would have fit into the target packs, something like the snake armor. I, I could definitely see, you know, dollar store snake armors. Something that's relatively small that fit in those target vehicle packs is something that I could kind of see making it to the dollar store. My only question is, are they really going to be able to pack a vehicle without a figure? And if they are going to include figures, you know, 
we might be looking at something a little more expensive. I don't know if, you know, you range too far out of $5. You're definitely looking at, at being at big lots rather than at the cheaper dollar stores. And then you're looking at a little bit of a higher price. I don't know then also if they would consider tossing in some five points of articulation figures with the vehicles that I don't think would really be a collector appeal. I think that they've figured out what they're going to do with the figures. And honestly, these came so far out of the blue, they don't really fit with what we were expecting from Hasbro. So that's, I think, where a lot of the fan excitement is, is that, you know, seeing how they release things you can kind of create your own rules of well things have to be this price point they have to be this it has to be this it has to be this but really only hasbro knows what they can and can't do and they've managed to make something amazing so maybe they can come up with something for vehicles i just can't imagine what it'd be i would say though that we're also not without precedent here if you look back at the original line you know a good half of our vehicles exactly in the uh the size and price point that Pat's talking about were released without drivers. If you look at the original Flight Pod, the Silver Mirage, you know, all the uh, original Battlefield accessory sets, not a single one of those had a driver. So uh, it's not that it hasn't been done before, and there's no reason to say it can't happen again. That's a really good point. I mean, how many collectors would rather just get a, v- a driverless vehicle than get a vehicle with a five-point articulation figure? It's a way to keep I'm- costs down. I'm just afraid we get those wind-up action packs, you know, something with a gimmick. I'd love a tank car again. Or the rocket sled. Or the helicopter pack. I love that one. Or those two. Well, let's say these are super successful, uh, which I assume they would be. Even some of the, you know, the ones that people are like, oh, I'll buy everything but that. I mean, there's someone that says, you know, the complete opposite, and they're going to get the ones that no one else is going to get, and then there's someone that's just going to absorb them all. But... Let's let's say this is highly successful. Let's say that the repaints come out and they're highly successful. What is the next thing Hasbro should not do based on the success of these? Like what what is just something that they could really just kind of screw up their sort of a uh, a good run? Do you know start what I mean? Like what movie, start dipping movie figures into that line? Well, I was concerned that they might do that, especially if they don't you know sell very well. They might end up in that department or at least. To, to make up on uh, cost and whatever. I would say that I would hope that they wouldn't do all too many. It's better to leave people wanting more, do less frequent waves than just, you know, how they were at the beginning of Joe versus Cobra, where they were hitting a wave, what, every month, every other month for a while. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as repaints go, running change is probably the way to go. Limit each, you know, not variations, not, you know, kick out, you know, Wave one again with the same colors, just like if you have to repaint them, just make it limited, right? So that you don't have just peg warming dollar store figures because that'd suck. Yeah, definitely. I think really the worst thing they could do is go, go ahead. I was gonna, I was just gonna make a stupid joke. I was gonna say, I think the worst thing they could do is start pumping out those those crystal ball figures that uh, Nova's been sending them letters about for the last 20 years. <laughs> vintage only, baby. I only want vintage ones. That'll be the uh, the that'll be the only like past and present set they'll do, so that they know Nova at least by one. Nova's The only thing I'd advise Hasbro against is taking this wave. They, they we've already seen that they're gonna repaint it. If they try to keep doing it and try to make these same figures 
you know, a, a different variation, you know, yeah, I just think eventually characters would go, okay, that enough's enough. Well, you can, know, right? can they get away with one more? Can they do like a Crimson Cobra Commander and a, um, I don't know, uh, probably, what, what's another good one they could do? I mean, what's one they could do with uh, Storm Shadow again, you know, without making it like really, I mean, what are they going to do, a gray one? Shadow Ninjas. Shadow Ninja, yeah. Put the snake eye's head on the storm shadow body and you can do a nunchuck. I hope they do a nunchuck. I mean, someone else was saying... Oh, someone on Twitter was like... Who was on... Was it... Was that you, Fred? No. Yeah, that was me. Was that you? That was you. It was like, nunchuck! And I was like, yes, they need to do a nunchuck. Well, I, I think you could... I think you could do it, but you'd have to intersperse it with something new. Like, if they did this whole wave a third time... I think fans will start backing off. And then that wave, if if they don't have the same kind of sport, they'll see that drop off as a negative and then just stop with the line. Two is about, is about I, th- I think that's as interesting, as interested as we're going to get folks in this. I think if there's an, a, 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 a need to pursue the dollar store uh, customer after that, I mean, they've, they've got plenty of other molds they can build off of. And plenty of other characters that are going to be popular enough because of this movie. I mean, we could—they—they've got that great, uh, that great resolute roadblock that didn't really get out a whole lot. I mean, you could put that out as a, as a, as an, in another wave. You know, you could put out that the the—they've got that mold that they made Falcon with. They could put that out as Flint. Uh, you've got you've got other characters that are going to have that recognition after the movie's out that they could keep selling figures at at these lower costs for, for the fans. But um, I think they, they'd have to get off of that original six. I would agree. But I would think that it would be kind of a smart idea to uh, plan out figure molds that would make uh, sense in more than one color and just do the same thing again. Come out with six figures and then follow it up with six repaints of those same figures. So then what... I got this. So then what's the worst thing Hasbro could do as far as choosing characters? Uh, Obviously, these aren't the most perfect, you know, sort of Pursuit of Cobra 30th anniversary updates. I mean, here's the thing. I love these. I love most of these figures so much. I love the Snake Eyes or the Storm Shadow. But both the Snake Eyes and the Storm Shadow were things I would hope, I was hoping were going to end up in like the 30th or Pursuit of Cobra just sort of, you know, top-notch updates. I mean, they're great for what they are, but... They're still not, I mean, they're not low light level or airtight or sci-fi level. And I, I you know, yeah, were we ever going to get the, you know, the Storm Shadow repaint done modern? No. And this is the way it got done. But, uh, you know, what, what characters should, or even drivers, vipers, do you think maybe they should avoid doing uh, just so that, you know, they're reserved for, I mean, someone joked Crystal Ball. I mean, would you rather have a Crystal Ball fully updated, or do you think he'd be okay as a dollar figure? Would you rather have a, a fully updated Laser Viper, or you are you okay with him ending up in a discount pack? Do you know what I mean? Whatever will call, cause the fan community to have the greatest aneurysm possible. <laughs> 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 who's, well, who's really – like Iceberg, you know? Throw him in a dollar pack. That'll piss everyone off because isn't he like the uh, most requested right now? You know, He's probably the most popular one left that Alpine. hasn't been done. Alpine would be perfect for some of these sets. You know, you can reuse those Alpine tools, cut a couple paint apps, and that's perfect. Um, as far as what, what would really suck, I I don't know. I, I really just kind of think that 
as long as the character can be done with minimal paint apps, there's no reason not to to do them in that that line. I think I think the the key to their success will be to thinking of ones that can be used by fans in multiple ways. So your your green dukes, your tan dukes, your you know moon dancer gray eight dukes, you know where people will buy thirteen of them to do all thirteen original thirteen Joes would be uh, excellent thinking on Hasbro to get collectors buying multiples. Kind of like yeah. with the Cobra Troopers, they could do a desert paint scheme on those. They could do Cobra Troopers in white. They could do them in green. You know, they can just take that basic figure and do all the environmental schemes. Or so maybe an African-American like, one. They can do some Black Major type repaints with them. Put him out of business. Huh. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, you got the club doing their figure subscription service. If you really want that, you know, Ninja Force Storm Shadow with all the detailing and all the weapons and the file card, that's still an avenue eventually at some point, any day now. Are we sure the club will survive this year? Are we sure the club will survive this year? I I just got my newsletter today. Apparently they're doing fine, and thanks for the support. (laughs) (laughs) And the figure subscription service will begin any day now. By the time you're reading this, we should be in the middle of the period. Well, it's already started at the dollar stores. Isn't that where it's all going? No, they said it would begin uh, during con registration, which is another topic we could talk about. Well, what about what about characters like uh, like Shockwave? Would he work in these discount packs? Because then you could repaint him, and people could troop build the hell out of you know. SWAT officers type thing, or uh, what about the canceled Desert Scorpion, who actually looks a lot like a discount figure? Desert Scorpion would work. I mean, like when you showed it the D-Class booth, where it's it's just a reuse of 25th parts with a little bit of paint color change. That would work. Shockwave, we've already had Shockwave. I don't know that they're going to be able to do him any better than, and any any reason other than to do him, you know, we already have the blue, we already have Night Force, what's left for Shockwave? And that's you're going to do a, a full bore POC update, you know, to the nines. But well, I'd prefer that, but I know that's probably not going to happen. I I think that Hasbro is kind of in a good place for these because I think that really what it comes down to is the limitation of you know parts that are available, and they've done a lot of forward planning. You can tell whenever you look at Training Snake Eyes, everybody looked at his mask and said, "Oh, that's dice," and now that you know mask is is going to be used you know, by the club to make a dice. So I think that there's a lot of examples when you look at small things like Blizzard's cleats that he, you know, for snow, those already exist in 25th form. Uh, You know, stuff is out there to make the figures. It's just, I think, a question of whether or not the figure necessitates more, you know, too many paint applications that would fit in this situation. Uh, I think that a good example in the fan subscription service is Big Boa, you're not going to get a figure that looks like that out of the dollar store figures. But, you know, that's not to say that there aren't figures that we want, you know, that are necessary to have inside the fan subscription service. I think now that we have this, that might be a little bit more reason to be not too happy with Grunt. Uh, and right. it wasn't one of the happy, the ones people that liked from the fan subscription service. And uh, I, I don't know. Not that I won't like that figure. I'm happy with it. We wouldn't be getting a new head for him. But, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that there's a little bit more delineation of 
the fan subscription service being things that just can't possibly be afforded to be made in the dollar store. If, if I can have a second here, um, I think whoever mentioned maybe some of the more plain-looking international figures, but yet still have them come out, you know, as Duke, or excuse me, Hawk in gray, would that be, we've already been mentioned, Moondancer. I think I'd much rather buy dollar store figures that way instead of, as Pat said, having something pretty plain and you're paying a premium in the subscription service. Uh, but would an international figure international looking figure sell in a dollar store it might it, it's gonna have hawk's name on it it's just it's tough to tell but i, I for something as plain as moon dancer i would much rather them repackage them as a hawk and put it into the dollar store figure set instead of having it offered through the club okay well this Tiger force outback with his tigger shirt on looks like a dollar store figure already so he's he's straight and ready to go well that that's sort of ties in i was gonna add <laughs> That sort of ties in what I was going to ask, though, is that, okay, well, we have the subscription service, we have the concept, then we have whatever happens after the film, whether they pick up the 30th or go with something else, then we have these discount figures, and then we have all the other exclusives. How long before we've exhausted every rendition thus far, Snake Eyes probably excluded, um, to the point where... Maybe even no one sort of at Hasbro or the club really knows what to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're getting really close now with all these different outlets to uh, exhausting every update. You know, is that, time, is that sort of an issue? for new body construction at that point. Until yeah. I get a glow-in-the-dark snake eyes, we're not done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I think we're really glow dark snake eyes is it, then we're done. I mean, we're just getting, like, an Iron Claw, which remembers, oh, yeah, there used to be that Sergeant Savage line and all that stuff, and Extreme, and, you know, Sigma-6, and there's a ton of potential out there that, you know, the club, through the, and honestly, they're the only ones that are actually touching this era. Well, no, but here's what happens, though, is that if all you have left after a while is, like, four Sigma-6 characters, two A-Rod figures, and an Extreme guy that you have not covered yet... You kind of have painted yourself into a corner, don't you think? I mean, I'm I'm talking like over the next couple of years. I'm not talking about like you know by the end of the Mayan calendar. I just mean like. Right. I I have to disagree though because over the next couple of years, by the time we get to that end to that point, if you really look at you know the 2007 five packs now, and look at like the, the first 25th anniversary Duke and compare him to a figure now, he just doesn't he just doesn't look as good. I think that what we're going to see is is toward the end of that life cycle of the line, you know, filling in spots like Ginzu that we're getting right now, and who knows what other obscure figures that were released in Real American Hero form. Once once you start running out, as you know, as that feeling approaches, I, I think that it it becomes time that some of those figures that did come out. I mean, look at Roadblock from the 25th line, he just doesn't look nearly as good as the figures do now. And I don't really see anyone complaining if they actually did new tooling for Duke or Roadblock or Destro or Baroness. I, I don't necessarily think that that, that would, would cause a lot of complaints. Well, God forbid we got new characters. Well, that's that was my that's actually my next question was, do you think that, you know, if, if everything kind of goes discount and stays within the club that Hasbro would concentrate on more new characters. You know, if they can get the Dukes and the Cobra Commanders out there here and there, but maybe not as much if they're 
like like Godso was saying, you know, no one's complaining that we're getting these core characters again because they're so just a they're not retaliation and b they came out of nowhere and c they appealed to that twenty fifth era. You know, you think Hasbro would you know maybe push some of the core stuff into discount more since the club's not going to do core stuff um, and maybe experiment more with new characters. Does this give them room to do that finally since they seem to avoid it sometimes or it just gets canceled? I think the old characters fuel the line. I think that's what brings the average uh, collector to it and I think that the new characters give it some momentum. I don't really think that the toy line can rely on all new or on all old it has to be a mix so that's why i think that it's important to revisit some of those old characters and to have something new well no i I agree i just meant like do you think if maybe they just instead of getting three deaths a year you know one goes to discount we just get two deaths a year and that leaves a slot open for something more less destro i think that's the way to go is to stop repeating multiple versions of the same character in a year and like Sam was saying, you know, do one Destro, but then give us, uh, you know, a, someone like a Munisha or uh, um, Mistress Armada or somebody else just to throw in there to, to pad it out more. Well, there's always a thought that I've been throwing out for years, which if you want to keep repeating, you know, Destro or Snake Eyes or Cobra Commander, don't, don't even repaint it. Simply repack it. It allows collectors then to pass on it. You know, you can put that figure in carry forward further ways three, four, five times a year for people that have missed on it, and uh, everyone else can opt to pass. You know, as long as there's, you know, no even minor variation, you know, so Pat doesn't have a meltdown. <laughs> you know, I think everybody else will be good. Sadly, I think it depends on the movie. If the movie's successful, then maybe Hasbro will stop treating it the line like the redheaded stepchild and they'll actually put money into new IP to create new characters and get the copyrights trademarks and all those characters but if you know the line's not well you know forget it all, all bets are off we'll, we'll rebrand and do whatever they need to to keep it going yeah, if you look back to you know historically the spy troops and Valor Venom era you know I think they struck a great balance IP wise with you know, each wave had new characters, old characters. Some were borrowed from Devil's Due. Some were entirely new creations out of the line. And uh, I, I know even though, you know, a lot of people look back and don't like that the look and construction of those figures, I know at the time I was more excited than to see what was coming and what characters were coming that I have been lately. I think, though, back during that time, I was a little bit disappointed in the lack of pre-existing characters that have not been made as toys coming. I mean, yeah, we, we got like Kamakura and some of the other ones that, you know, we were happy to see, but I think that one of the things that when you're talking new characters, as far as toys go, you need to not only think of new characters, but of characters that have not been a toy yet. Somebody just said Mistress Armada. That's a prime example. I think as far as like new characters go, you need to make sure you have some type of, of media or something to tell that story. You know, for for characters that are coming out on a card with no file card, no one's going to know what this new character is or who it is or what it's about. Uh, it's, it's something that I think Hasbro's struggled with is to tie toys currently on the shelf with media that's currently in, you know, Hiatus. people's eyeballs. And if they could do that to where I see a toy on a cartoon Friday night, 
I go to Walt Saturday morning and buy that toy on the shelf. That's what they need to do. What well, doesn't yeah. help when your comic version of the media sucks so bad. That Although too. Brian, Brian does have a good point in the fact that I know I'm guilty of buying some of the crappier uh, would be the Joe versus Cobra era vehicles just because during Jerwa's run, they appeared in an issue of the comic. Well, no, I mean, that was when I was a kid watching, you know, it was watching the A-Rod series. Like, I didn't buy a lot of A-Rod vehicles except for, like, you know, things here and there. Because at the time, I was, you know, watching the cartoon for the cartoon and, you know, just buying every toy line. But by the time the 90s hit and I was still just sort of obsessed with G.I. Joe, like, if it appeared in the Deke cartoon, I wanted it. And if it hadn't, if it didn't get made, I was furious. Like, just furious. Like, as a kid, I was just like, even as a teenager, I mean... You know, I was like, my God, because at the time I was, you know, I'd finally learned you could unscrew and kit bash and whatever. And so I was like really getting into that. And like, I was just sort of, uh, if it didn't have a media tie in, I was kind of like, uh, what is this? Or if it didn't, ha- if it didn't exist at all, I was actually kind of pissed off. So I-, I agree that it needs a, a media tie in. The problem is what, what, I mean, seriously, between the Renegades hiatus, the resolute one shot and now retaliation, whatever that's going to be, I mean, I'm I'm almost scared to see what they come up with next because it's either going to be too good to last or too bad to last. You got to tell me first what honestly appeared in a deep cartoon that you felt cheated didn't show up in toy form. Uh, so it was Night Creeper with his yes, hat. Night Creeper leader was one of them, and uh, what was the other one? There was another one that uh, I always get pissed off when uh. There's a motorcycle. It, it, it almost it, it does. Doesn't really matter how how crummy it is. I mean, I I saw this happen when I was eight years old. It was 1983, and GI Joe on, on TV was taken off for the first time. Uh, my younger brother um, is is four years younger than I was. When he was eight years old, it was 1987. Um, they they released the Sunbow movie and then went away for two years. And my little brother just, I mean, considering my older brother and I have been collecting this line for God knows how long, my younger brother has absolutely no interest in it. Um, went, you know, went and started watching Transformers because he could still see new episodes and new characters and, and an audience that was actively trying to get him at eight years old. Whereas G.I. Joe had a bunch of re, had a bunch of reruns on TV for figures that he couldn't get in the store. And so he was interested in our old, old G.I. Joe toys, but not in getting any of his own. To get back into uh, people wanting figures that they've seen in the media, how many collectors out there want a Renegades roadblock? There's a great example. Anybody who's watched Renegades. Yeah. So, with these discount dollar store whatever figures popping up, and with some of them invoking previous repaint arcana- ah, previous repaint incarnations from G.I. Joe's past, even pre-production aesthetics, uh, we thought we'd take some time to show and discuss some vintage and modern variations, both figures and vehicles. Um, and we also thought it a good time to address something that has been hitting the forums, one forum in particular, uh, a bit more than not of late, uh, and that's the topic of Yojo.com's archives, uh, in regards to variations, uh, more specifically the way Yojo does things or doesn't do things, as it were. Uh, so we'll try to do this as cleanly as possible. Um, it's a lot of different photos and a lot of different information. Um, so first, Pat, why don't you take us through your photos one at a time and tell us what we're looking at, and we'll discuss them. And then, Tim, you can take us through your photos and Josh and 
Then we'll come back to the Yojo topic after that. But of course, keeping in mind everything that we've seen here uh, in this next bit. Um, so, Pat? Okay. Uh, um, I had a few different examples of variations that I wanted to bring up. Um, and actually, I was going to make it a little bit more broad than just showing a, a few variations because one of these um, is a great one that, that has come up recently. It's uh, Serpentor. Um, he has a yellow neck variation, which is something that's not talked about very often, but uh, the Internet's uh, biggest Serpentor fan, um, Naja Empire, is that how you pronounce it, or is it Naja Empire? I'm not sure. I think it's, it's both. N-A-J-A. Who thinks what? I, no, I, I said I think it's both. I think it's, it's pronounced both ways. I think it's Naja and Naja, and probably a, there's probably one in the middle. Either way, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he has a specific way that he says it. But anyway, he had posted pictures of uh, Serpentor with a yellow neck. I had seen somebody post a really beat up, like, toothless head uh, a while ago, and somebody said, oh, some kid just painted the neck. That's not what this is. This actually is a legitimate variation. Uh, a couple other people have them. Um, I, I know that, you know, hunting variations for a long time, it was a long time before I ever saw one of these and i really have not come across them very often at all it's definitely one of the rarer items in the vintage line so if you can get one it's definitely a cool item to go after uh and i've you know provided a picture of my own to kind of supplement the discussion that was already going on um this actually was listed on yo joe for a long time uh people need to realize that way that that i that information as far as variations travels to the site is I try to make sure that the main list of variations gets updated first. And between all of this pre-production stuff and all the stuff that I've been busy uh, talking about um, on the podcast and online and not online, because if I'm online, I'm not doing it. Uh, and I'm also all, always digging for and looking for new figures myself. So it's one of those deals where updating it and actually collecting it you know, kind of go hand in hand, but conflict with each other for time. Um, but it goes in the list first, and then I'm hoping to go through year by year and actually get pictures of all of the things that, that have come up. For a while there, it seemed like nobody cared, and that was kind of discouraging. I definitely like to see discussion of things, hear what people think. Um, so, so that definitely helps uh, get things out there. Um, I'm glad to see that somebody else really cared about this though. When I saw a topic of him, I was excited to see that the topic went more than, you know, two posts. Um, but, but generally that's, uh, you you know, that's Serpentor. Another good one that I thought that I would bring up right now is cross country. I know that I've posted about it, but I don't know if I've shown it. There's actually a few different differences on the figure, but the telltale sign is the lower legs. Cross Country's lower legs were either molded in gray or they were molded in white. And if they're gray, obviously the lower leg then was painted white. And if they're white, it was the knee area painted gray. You can tell that most easily by looking at the peg hole in the bottom of the foot. But again, there are differences throughout the whole figure. It seems to me that the much more common one is the one that is molded in white. It was a really long time before I found one that was molded in gray. The hair color is also a different. There's a few other minor differences to the figures that I've seen. Uh, but, but there are, you know, we do have a picture of those. 
Um, then the really, really big one that I think did come up recently also in another post, which I, I believe I was posting about this one in the late 90s, and I was told that I was crazy. Huh. Um, but it's a variation on the JCPenney 3-pack Cobra Trooper. For those that don't know, in like 1982, I think it was. It wasn't 83 because it was a straight-arm set. JCPenney offered a three-pack of Cobras that I was happy that it was the one thing from the Penny's catalog that I got that year. And it was two Cobra soldiers, Cobra troopers, whichever you call them, and one Cobra officer. And none of them came with the normal Cobra weapons. What they came with was the, the Cobra officer came with a mortar, and the Cobra troopers... One came with a bazooka, and one came with a machine gun. And the standard seemed to be that all of those were exactly like the colors that the Joes came with, um, except for the Cobra Soldier had a very, very difficult-to-find variation uh, where the bazooka, instead of... Usually Zap's bazooka kind of colors matches the color of his body. This one co matches the color of... More, it's more like Grunt's body. Um, and I do have a picture of that, you know, for that, that will hopefully appear, you know, with a, with a Joe Declassified information. Um, but it, it's definitely the rarest, in my opinion, of the vintage accessories. I know that some people probably don't care about it because it is a variation. But in my mind, this thing really puts Heavy Metal's mic to shame. If you're going to go after buying one of these, you might want to sell two or three heavy metal mics in order to afford one, um, because that's usually about where these are. They're very difficult to find. Uh, and somebody has told me that that original three-pack did have one of the figures, I think it was the Cobra Officer, they said sometimes came packed with his original rifle. I'm not sure. I know that whenever I got them as a kid, it... The, the one that's in there is a comparison shot. That's the bazooka I got as a kid. It had a thin-handled zap bazooka. Um, and that's pretty much it for variations that I wanted to bring up. Oh, I, I also have pictured for variations uh, Stalker from the 25th line. But the reason why I pictured that is that I wanted to compare production variations to uh, what I don't really refer to as variations because they are pre-production figures, but they are changes that are very similar to that. Hold on a second. I, I kind of had a checklist of things. Let me, let me cut um, in. And I want to say that, you know, I think you know, you're talking about Serpenter as a hard variation to find and, and that it took you a while to find like a cross-country variation. I, I really think until you get a number, you know, a large sampling of any one figure together, it's hard for an average collector to, to come across some of these super rare variations. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still looking for a crystal ball variation. I can't, I, I can't find one. So apparently all crystal balls were made at the same time and, and uniform and, and are scary like that. But uh, like even I, I was helping a friend sort Joe's for convention uh, a weekend or so ago. And I came across the Zoranas Pat clued me in, and I think I saw something elsewhere to say, look on earrings around us that there's a change on, on the, the level of her paint hair. So even even if Pat doesn't have photos of them, Pat knows about variations. Did you find that that one for Zorana, by the way? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to need one of those for sure. 
they're definitely both there. So. Okay. Awesome. Because that, that's one of the ones I've actually been buying Zoranas, but but buying these things, you know, at, at fifteen and twenty dollars a pop, just to look at them, it gets gets old very very fast. Oh, here's here's another variation, and and I would wager to guess that there's not one to be found on uh, Crystal Ball if Brian hasn't found it already. Um, you know, if something did pop up, it, it would seem very strange to me. There, but Psych Out definitely has a variation. And I pictured not only the variation where it's the back of the head that's dark silver or, or light silver, but I also pictured a handful of the psych outs that were used for that comparison. And while not, not everyone can, you know, always look at this many of them. Okay, dude, that's a handful right there. No, that's really not the entire <laughs> That's more than a handful. <laughs> that's like full handfuls. Yeah, it's it's more than a handful, but it, it that's isn't a double D cup. <laughs> Pat, Pat, have you ever filled a bra with Aero figures? No, but maybe we will, and we'll get that picture in the show notes. <laughs> I think that's a James costume for Con this year. Is a bra Ooh. filled with psych outs? Um, no, but it, this this isn't half of the psych outs that I've looked at. It's it's not even close to half the psych. Counts. And everyone kind of has the opportunity, if you go to JoeCon, to do some comparing. A lot of the variations I've found, I've found by digging through bits of figures that I don't own, you know, at, at conventions. As long as you're not in the way of being an annoying person, uh, you know, the sellers are perfectly open to you finding things that you're going to buy. Uh, the first time that I did this and I dug through psych outs i ended up buying just you know comparing them there are a bunch of them i bought one one of each but this is an example of kind of the comparing that i do sometimes you end up with something like cross country where you look at it you see it it's different there's really no arguing it but people with psych out you know were telling me oh you know one of them's faded not whenever you have you know this many figures and all of them are one way precisely or the other way precisely there's not kind of a gradient area in between they're all one way or they're the other. And they're, you know, there's minor differences on them that, that kind of clue you in to the fact that these are definitely two different variations. So, yes, I, I really do do a lot of comparing and figuring out before I post stuff. Um, I also have included an example of me learning my lesson on, not, uh, on what is and is not a variation. And that's the, uh, the dial tone figure that is pictured that has either his belt buckle painted or his belt buckle unpainted. I was the first person to find this in the store, and I posted it online, you know, thinking I was being very responsible at the time, thinking, hey, you know, everybody needs to know about this because they're going to be looking for it. And I posted it. There are people I still see looking for this figure in their want list. And to me, it's kind of pointless because, you know, at this point, we can identify a, a missed paint application. And that's exactly what this is. My brother was actually the second person to find one, or maybe he was the first. Maybe I'm taking credit where it isn't due. I can't remember, but both of us found it, and I was the one that posted it online. So in the family, there's two of these, but I haven't seen anyone have another one. And it's really not that important because it's, it's really not that special. It's just a missing paint application. And I think that this one kind of gave me the inspiration to make sure that whenever something gets posted, that very well may be an error. 
to not necessarily incorporate it into the official variations list because then it causes people to, to feel the need to hunt it down. And I think it kind of damages the, the enjoyment of variation hunting whenever, you know, somebody's found an error and posts it and it gets added to an official list that other people are going by. And it just kind of makes things not fun. Um, and likewise, paint errors can be fun. And so I've taken a picture of a number of errors for the podcast that uh, are good examples of how errors are kind of something that can be collected and enjoyed, even though they are not anything that I would ever include in a list of variations, because they fall outside that that fun umbrella of uh, examining what Hasbro's intentions were, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um but just to go through the, the errors that I've posted, there's a, a, um, a cutter where there's not been any swapping or anything like that. The upper arm is Cutter's upper arm, but the lower arm is Ripper. If you look really close, Cutter's sporting you know, some brass knuckles that have been unpainted. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting vintage error because it actually was you know, the wrong parts used. I have experienced wrong parts out of the package, on some 25th stuff, I got a, uh, an Iron Grenadier Destro with two of the same upper arm, which was just not really fun, so I didn't picture that for the podcast. I got maybe that, a maybe that, maybe that putter has just been in a... He's coming back from the docks a little late. Maybe that's the problem there. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe I should just paint the uh, paint it make it look a little bit better. I don't know. I thought that it was weird, though, when I saw it. Um, I also found a... a breaker that had two different feet if you look at the bottoms of those feet you know it's very obvious how some of the 25th feet could be mistaken for each other and you know sometimes mistakes like that do happen um another good 25th anniversary one that may actually be a rejected figure it's hard to tell once things are loose was it an error or was it a factory reject i'm leaning on factory reject because this thing did come straight from china uh, but it's a bazooka that just doesn't have the numbers on his chest painted. It's kind of a, kind of an odd item. Not something that I would count as a variation, though. I have another picture where a number of, of vintage figures have, you know, facial hair that's different. There's a Voltar without a beard, a Sergeant Slaughter, a Ripper, and an Outback without their mustaches. Then there's a picture with Destro with none of the red on his chest painted. So there's no collar painted, no medallion painted. Recondo you know, similar situation where his, uh, the straps for his holster are not painted. Um, I have three Vipers. Two of them are more recent Vipers. One's a vintage Viper. The more recent ones don't have their Cobra logos. And that's something that people were finding a lot of actually at the time on that retail Viper there pictured in the center, the 2002 one. Um, and then there's a vintage 86 Viper that has the opposite problem of instead of having no Cobra logo painted on, he has two of them painted on. They're overlapping each other. So I thought that was a really weird item. Um, And then I have uh, a picture of Gung Ho, which looks like it's kind of like old habits die hard because uh, both Gung Ho's, neither one of them have their faces painted and they're from two very, very different eras of G.I. Joe. So that kind of covers... some of the variations I was looking at. I, oh, I also pictured um, one as far as everybody looking for and, and keeping an eye out for things. I did pick, post a picture of a comparison shot, finally, of the retaliation Joe Trooper with the 
brown versus the blue. Uh, the skin tones and the hair on those figures also look different. I don't know if this might end up in some special pack, if it was a pre-production thing or a variation thing. But that's kind of where, you know, we all are right now, just kind of still on the lookout. So that, that, that's, that about covers the variations I have, I think. Well, no, no, I have two more. I have file cards I posted as well. well those, can, those you might find interesting. Can I hop in real quick? Absolutely. Somebody well, please do interrupt me. I'm, I'm, I'm rattling on for too long. No, no, but I mean, well, you're the, this is, this is your, this is what, what we all come to you for whenever we have a question. I mean, I, you know, can't count the number of times I've texted you and waited patiently for a, a reply just because uh, of my own ignorance or my own suspicions or is, uh, you know, there's a few people who think, especially like Chris Murray, who think that some of my conspiracy theories are way out there, but but uh, like with the retaliation Joe Trooper, I mean, look how off base we were on the last episode where we were convinced that the blue one would be, well, not completely convinced, but convinced enough that the blue one was going to be this uh, this pre-production version that wasn't going to be released. And a day, like a day later after we were recording, they show up at retail. Um, and this is sort of that, uh, you know, goes back to, I don't want to jump too far ahead into the discussion, but this goes back to the responsibility thing you were talking about, you know. We, you put your best guess out there, but you still have to wait and see how it pans out. Or, you know, sometimes it takes years for someone to say, oh, I have more information on this. Sometimes it takes, a, sometimes it takes going through a Hasbro designer's paperwork. You know what I mean? But anyways, the, the Joe Trip is a great example of that sort of responsibility to wait and see how things pan out before, hey, can you upload that to YoJo? Or why isn't this on YoJo? Do you know what I mean? Pat, I want to ask a question. What point in your mind, especially for the purpose of, you know, Yo, Joe. At what point do you delineate between a repeated error, um, i.e., you know, how many how many cutters with Ripper's lower arm makes a error versus a variant? None is my is my guess. That that the the way that I try to delineate it is what the intentions were of Hasbro. Um, I try to make sure, and, and that actually is a lot of guesswork which, you know, is just something that I have to admit. I just don't like the thought of trying to run things by the numbers. The numbers don't really the, – the numbers are a red flag. They're not a rule. If you went strictly by numbers and said, well, you know, if I find 20 more of this ripper arm cutter, then it's a variation and I'm going to count it and ha-ha, I have them and you don't. That seems to be the game that, you know – people would suspect might be played, but that's that's not it. I mean, Serpentor with a yellow neck, that is a variation, no matter how few of them are out there, you know? It made it out to retail. It's It's been a, you know, a found thing that was, was Hasbro intended on it to have a yellow neck at first and changed it later on, which actually is very similar to the situation with Stalker. You know, the yellow Stalkers that showed up at, at, at retail, a lot of people say that, oh, that was an error. Hasbro didn't want it that way. I think that what happened was there were a few people in Hasbro that didn't want it that way. Maybe the designers didn't want it that way. But Hasbro did order them that way. And you can see that from the minor changes that kept being made to the pre-production ones that I've pictured. Because if you look at the pre-production ones I, of, of Yellow Stalker I have pictured, I have him first with dark green camo and a light green hat. Then he has light green camo and a light green hat. And the yellow stalker that made it out to retail had the light green camo and the dark green hat. It's, you know, minor changes were made. Why didn't they make the, the most obvious one, which would be to change him to actually being green rather than yellow? 
And I think the answer is they wanted him to be yellow. Somebody well, did. That's how they ordered it. That's how it was made. Well, t- um, touching on. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going just going to say that the numbers. I was just going to, to to finish that by saying numbers don't mean that there's a variation at all. They just kind of gives a hint into what the intentions of Hasbro, you know, were because it's pretty rare that we actually get a memo from Hasbro or there's a Hasbro Q and A that says, "Hey, this is what we wanted." So most of the time, we're dealing with our best guess, and there are times where I can't say one way or another what happened. Well, a really good one right now that's that's always in the back of my mind because, uh, you know, a collector who I respect posted it is uh, General Hawk, 1986. Um, some people have found him, you know, found they, he said he found like a dozen of them with Chuckles' gun. I don't know though if there was some sort of quality control issue where those may have been pulled and that's why there's a bunch of them carded with chuckles's gun i i'd like to see something you know come out with that where i where i can feel that i'm posting it not just because it's a really common error but because it was hasbro saying oh crap we're out of pocket guns for this run but we have the just go ahead and ship them out it'll be fine I just wanted to let you know, like, my first introduction to variations was with John Williams at the the San Francisco Con, and he picked up a blocker, you know, Battle Force 2000, and showed me, you know, the, the red wrist versus the no red wrist, and, and, like, he was doing the same kind of thing, and that really was, like, the gateway to, oh, my God, it, you know, talk about a small pool. I grew up on a military base, so it was, like, not only did you know, did all my friends have the same stuff I had? We all went to the same store to get it. So it's like, you know, a variation on a nationwide level or global level just didn't even enter my mind until that day. And it was exactly like you said, just digging through bins and comparing the differences. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is the fun of variations too. Sometimes when I'm trying to hunt them down, it's only because, you know, People, some some people are just really picky with their Joes, and they may look at the variation, and go, you know what? It's a small difference, but I want that one rather than the other one. Like one of my favorite favorite variations from uh, vintage line is the soft helmet Captain Gridiron, because I have a horrible time putting Captain Gridiron's helmet on most of the time because it's so hard, it kind of pops off, it wears against his face. But if you can find one of the ones that's soft, it fits on there perfectly. So I think that some collectors may actually, if they, especially if they specialize in one particular character, I'm certain that you know Nahaim, uh, he's he's got to be super happy about this Serpentor variation. You know, Brian actually seems a little bit disappointed that he can't find a Crystal Ball one. It actually would be fun, you know, to to have that. Or you know, if if you are just trying to collect one of each Joe to collect the particular one that you'd rather have. Like blocker is a good example. I would rather way if I was only had one, it's going to be the one with the visor and the red thing on his arm. Well, like with the uh, yellow stalker between what you have and how many different pre-production yellow stalkers unpainted that Glumby has and he has green ones. Just, I mean, it's, it's clear as day, you know, it wasn't until I saw, it wasn't until that between myself and Glumby and like, the, the pre-production yellow stalkers unpainted and green painted that would come across since, you know, we started buying this stuff that we were like, all right. And then looking at yours, it just, I mean, there's, there's no question that it was that, that the yellow was intentional. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't uh, 
oh, someone switched the batch on us. No, it it's the intent is there even before the paint was applied to make it more of a yellow stock. You know what I mean? Like in its rawest form, it is it is molded in yellow and even the hats are different. You know what I mean? So that's where I, I kind of say, okay, that's what differentiates the, the cutter from the, you know, from the other stuff is, you know, like you said, intent. I, I got a question about intent. When it comes to intent, where where does the intent lie with the black rock and roll from the Stars and Stripes set and like Pim Daddy Destro? I don't think those things were, were meant to get out. I have kind of wondered if uh, rock and the, the rock and roll variation is somehow re- related to the fact that that's actually the roadblock body. And in 97, Roadblock was intended to be one of the figures made. I'm thinking that, that maybe there was just a little bit of confusion on him. But I, I don't think that that thing was... I, I think that they created it that way. And it was just kind of, uh, you know, the system was a little sloppier. I mean, that, that's a good example. It's one of those things that's wishy-washy. And, and Pimp Daddy Destro is always one of the best examples of, of a variation that some people say is a variation and some people say it isn't a variation. And I think that the reason why some people say it isn't and isn't is the, the exact same, same argument. People saying that it is a variation say, well, it made it out to stores. And people saying it isn't a variation say, well, it, it, it isn't. And somewhere in there, you kind of have the, uh, the agreement that, that, you know, what Hasbro intended to have happen is important. And I don't really know. I, I mean, I, there have been errors. Sometimes things make it out to stores that aren't supposed to. There have been figures in the 25th line with the HFE or the HM appear on them. I know that I saw a Snake Eyes like that. I believe the uh, Flint with brown hair, the you know the Cobra Flint, made it out to a store. But that was only one that somebody was able to find, as far as I know. I know that the Hasbro, the the, the parachute pack, Snake Eyes versus Storm Shadow. Probably the best example is something that was never supposed to make it out to the store. But somebody bought those as one of those Walmart value packs. Sometimes errors happen, and you kind of have to just take those and kind of brush them aside as you know a, a statistical uh, anomaly or an outlier. It, and you know, like I said, numbers are more of a red flag or an indication of intent. So the '97 line being as messy as it was is just a really difficult one to sort out. Pat, what about like there was the uh, was it Valor versus Venom Viper that came with Gung Ho? I think it was pretty available with or without the Cobra logo. And, and that's the one that I lost the argument that, on. I was gonna say that that one is it's just so prevalent that the numbers, you know, I. I don't. Uh, what, what, I guess throw your opinion out there because it, I would say it's that's prevalent a prevalent to the point. It, it's prevalent to the point where, where you can't you can't not mention it. You know, if you don't mention something like that in the list of variations, and this is where I lost my argument because I I was saying that it's an error um, because they were showing up sometimes in the same pack, sometimes not. There, you to determine Hasbro's intent. Um, Another good example, and we'll use a different Viper, is the one that came with the Venom Cycle. All the original ones of those had the belt buckles painted. Then where the Venom Cycle lost the paint applications, the figure also lost the belt buckle applications. It definitely was clear that the intent of Hasbro was, or maybe the manufacturer, you can't say which, 
but the intent was, hey, let's save a little bit of cost going into this figure by leaving off some of the paint operations. So, you know, that that in instantly got that put into the list of variations. With the Valor versus Venom Viper, I was saying mm, it might not it not be a variation because those were popping up here and there. Uh, the same thing actually happened in the direct consumer Meta Viper. There's one belt loop on him that consistently isn't painted, and I seem to be the only person that really notices that. Maybe doesn't. Maybe most people just don't care. Uh, and it is kind of a really picky thing. But is it any? less true that that wasn't consistently out there. I mean, I was finding those at almost one per case, not quite. So, and, and the same was the case with the Viper. I just, since it wasn't something that was one way and then changed to another, and it wasn't consistent one per case for sure, but they're out there in big numbers, it seemed to me like it was just a big, big mistake. They didn't want to include it. But where I lost the argument was the fact that if we didn't include it, you keep on hearing people go, oh, your, your variations list isn't very complete because everybody knows about this one. And you kind of have to have a note in there where it's like, well, you know, we know about it, but I don't know if it really should be included. And the end result was, well, it's included. I, I think with something as prevalent as that, you know, where it is – know cobra symbol people eye people's eyes are drawn to it you, you kind of have to you know I, unless it's just a minuscule thing like a, you're right you're probably the only person that notices a belt loop sun painted or painted uh, on a you know new skull figure but something like a cobra symbol people are gonna go oh this guy's got it this guy doesn't variant yeah, but, but the opposite of that is uh, a lot of times I, I get people who say, well, just, you know, just make the variations list be the ones that everyone's going to care about. And if you really think that you can gauge exactly what every single G.I. Joe collector is going to care about, you probably haven't spent enough time on the forums reeling, realizing that everybody kind of cares a little bit differently than one another. There are some things that matter to one person that just don't matter to another person person so that really it's really not realistic i mean yeah that is a very blatant and obvious one but what about the fact that some people were finding rise of cobra baroness with and without the logo and you know those just didn't show up in big numbers and then you've got serpentor with the yellow neck showed up in very small numbers similar to baroness why why should he i mean we we can't argue that serpentor is not a variation you know it's very blatant that it's there and, you know, it's not an error. It got changed to be permanently without the, the yellow on the neck. Um, and Baroness was just kind of showing up here and there without the Cobra logo, just like that Cobra was. He was just showing up a lot more often. So I, I don't know. And, I mean, I even showed the example of something that I counted as an error as that 2002 Viper. Those were showing up a lot without the logo. I, you know, the way that I ended up with that one was somebody had posted about finding three or four of them themselves online, and then my brother kept looking for them in the stores, and he found one. So, I mean, if it's common enough, you could just go to the store and buy it. That's a whole lot more common than Yellow Stalker, who I had to buy from a guy in Florida, and that's certainly a variation. It's one of those things where it, it kind of gets witchy-washy, and I, I really think that that, that that logo on that Valor versus Venom figure is a borderline thing. And for me, it falls on the borderline of errors, but you know, people keep coming back to it, so I can't not mention it. Do you, do you think that it was like, if it, if it was an error that the 
the manufacturer accidentally left it off and then Hasbro said, hey, wait, that should be there, and they added it on there, and does that not make it a, uh, you know, intended change, and, and they just kind of got mixed up in the in the packaging process? Probably a good example also of that, Brian, is uh, the six-pack uh, Steel Brigade versus Plague Troopers, but again, that was a situation where all the early ones did not have the Steel Brigade logo printed on the armor, and then they started showing up with them painted on the armor. One of the things that variation collectors use now is the date code on the back of the card uh, to indicate, you know, which order they were carded in. And you are right, it's very possible that uh, those things were all made one way, then Hasbro said, no, change it, and I should be counting it as a variation. My only problem with that is that I have no way of knowing that that would just be kind of a guess and I don't I'm trying to keep guesses out of the finalized list you know I, I don't want it to be all guesswork because then you end up with things like dial tone there who I think we all can agree was an error and yet people are hunting him down I don't want, want to do that disservice to people so I mean it, it's in there in a list and at one point I had actually made a, an entire section for you know variations to confirm but those get you know, so huge that I think that's probably eventually just going to work better as maybe a sticky note in the forum so that everybody can kind of just make a quick link to the other posts that they've made of variations to watch out for. Well, especially, Pat, that last, you know, it's funny you mentioned that last one with the, uh, the Steel Brigade Plague because I got a set of all the Steel Brigade figures from Hasbro maybe six months before they hit shelves and the set I got had the, uh, the Steel Brigade symbols on the armor. So well, that's, when they first, that first wave showed first up heard, out, it's crazy. Yeah, that's the first I've heard of that. That's that's very odd. Were there any other differences to the figures though? No, the fi the figures are identical, and they're all uh, they're all HFE. Ah, that's strange. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that would have happened. Maybe maybe received them after they'd actually started, you know, full production. Is that possible? Oh, it's certainly possible. It would make sense that Hasbro would have final samples before full production has made its way across the ocean in a big storage container. I mean, I guess I would think that, you know, a, a FedEx package from China to, to Rhode Island to wherever Sam was at at the time was a lot quicker than a big, uh, you know, storage container on a boat from China. So it would make sense that he could get the final stamped logos before anything even started showing up in the stores. Oh, absolutely. I will probably always be adding information about this. You know, my opinion, expanding upon it is it is kind of a community discussion. And I think that, uh, you know, people chiming in and voicing their opinions is always important. Um, I just try to be as responsible as I can be as a single person. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just going to fly you out to my house so you can point out to me everything I'm missing. <laughs> Well, that, that's something I was going to talk about after we talk about Tim when we go into Yojo a little more. Um, but uh, so, Tim, uh, you know, upping the scale to uh, giant from small figures to giant vehicles. Uh, what do you have for us this evening? Uh, continuing from where Pat was leaving off on uh, the figure variations, um, when it comes to vehicle variations, um, looking at thousands and thousands becomes a little harder when you go to a vehicle. Yojo doesn't have every variation, but like with the figures, it's hard to keep on seeing which variation you might have. 
uh, it's relative rarity versus, you know, the like of the same vehicle. Uh, um, two I'm going to cover today is the shuttle for the Defiant and the General. First pictures will be of the shuttle of the Defiant. First picture is what most commonly is seen when you look at a Defiant. Um, Yojo lists the, the, the Defiant variations as one having a hinge canopy and one having a non-hinge canopy. While this is correct, there's substantially more to the variation of one versus the other. The hinge Defiant we will look at first um, has a change in the way the doors meet to the center of the console, the upper and lower white bodies change from one variation from the older to the newer the the front bulkhead that separates the cabin of the shuttle to the work bay the bulkhead there is slightly different can you tell us why you think some of those differences happen was it hasbro reinforcing something or something not working and do you well, know if one of them is more common than the other the hinged one seems to be more common than the one without the hinge, but the, the white defiant the variation, everything is carried over physically to the Crusader. So the, the notch for the shuttle is in the defiant variation. The upper, like I said, the upper and lower body is the same for the, the Crusader. So there had to have been some forethought in this change going forward that they had planned out a third shuttle, which came to be known as the Crusader, as they were going through the process of creating the Defiant. I'll add, I, with the uh, the gun door variation, uh, you know, I've, I've run across it in in building a Defiant back together myself. I came across it not realizing it was going to be there, but, you know, obviously one, there's, a, there's an added peg, so without that peg, the doors can flop all the way open, Versus with that, that little catch peg, it will just it just opens enough for the gun to, to kind of angle out. So, you know, obviously there was some either play or, or whatever testing that that you know Hasbro may have done to realize. If anybody's ever tried to open that door and swing that gun out, that's really difficult if you have less than childlike hands. I mean, and plus the gun barely, you know, just sneaks out a little, and that's it. I mean, I think they wanted it as a play feature to open up all the way, or it was a process, or or it was a, a a customer demand, I should say, that it opened more so you can get to that gun, so it is more playable. I mean, I, I'm the the way the main shuttle doors are open is the same way. Earlier versions have a uh, have no finger hole or no finger touch where you can actually put your finger and pull the door open. You almost have to use your nails to pry the door open. Um, the tail fin. Most of us have always seen a, a defiant, either the tail, the rear center tail fin is either busted off in the inside or you, you break it off. And then the second version has two extra supports on either side to help support that. Um, also on the far bulkhead where the engines plug into the back end of the Defiant shuttle, there's extra tabs on the very top and the very bottom that seem to help the engine 
panel where all the engines plug in stay centered and not come off. And that's also included into the uh, Mercedes as well. Yeah, it wasn't until I was standing in your basement and you were showing me some of these things in person. Um, I don't own any Defiance, and I haven't owned a – well, later on I'm talking about the General, but I haven't owned a General since I threw one off the third floor uh, – the third floor porch of uh, my mom's house that um, uh, you know it wasn't I was standing there and saw them in person and of course you need you know one of each if not two of each or three of each to even get this far and knowing that they're out there knowing what you're looking for at that uh, I realized that the the smallest difference makes the largest difference as far as functionality um, and of course that goes back to intent um, and I found it interesting that you said that uh you know, it sounds like maybe it was actually a demand from parents, you know, or, um, you know, people get maybe even stores, maybe things were being returned broken and they're like, you need to do something about this or we won't carry it. I mean, for such a large item, you know what I mean? For such a pricey item. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of vehicles that it seems, you know, the change for it seems to help the end user play with it and enjoy it better than the previous one before it. Is that what they is that what they call kids at Hasbro end users? <laughs> yeah, an example of that that kind of goes along with this it's not pictured, but uh, on the defiant on the actual crawler, there's a little panel that covers up where the crank attaches or whatever, and on right. some it's smooth, and on others it has a an arrow that says up and an arrow that says down, so you know which direction to to crank the crank to raise the the whole defiant gantry uh, into place. So obviously. At some point, you know, they added that, or I can't imagine them removing that text, you know. Uh, so obviously, that goes probably plays along with some variation connected to this defiant. It, it, it's definitely a an addition because if if you do crank it the other way, you bust it. I took one that was junk and run it the opposite way, and I mean, if you run it the opposite way, I mean, it's it's heavy, and you don't notice. It when you're cranking the Defiant up, the gantry, that it's moving it until you get two or three cranks. But if you do it the wrong way, you bust it. So I definitely think, yeah, that's an improvement for that. Does it sound bad? No, I can edit, no. I, I, I'm horrible at public speaking. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. When it, once it's edited, you'll sound like you're not 12. Well, you'll still sound like you're 12, but just, in, just your voice, yeah. Yeah, I know. I've got to do something about my voice. That's fine. Is there anything else about the Defiant or the Crusader or the whatever the kids are calling it these days? Okay, moving on from the Defiant to the General. Um, Yojo lists for the General a simple stick decal variation going from yellow to a red. Uh, besides that, there is also a physical change to the main body and a change to the air defense missile system. Um, the change to the body is what seems to be a improvement on holding up the upper decks. Um, there's tabs that have been added to the top deck, two tabs on the far, two centers, and the front. Um, they seem to, as you open, catch the top doors from falling back down. Towards the back of the vehicle, there is two tabs that are shortened versus ones that are longer that hold in the support struts for the top of the loading bay. And then the missile defense or the air defense is has a tab added and then 
removed to secure the... It sounds like your mic doesn't want this to happen. We, we do have enough audio for him that it does actually count as an official appearance. Uh, I wanted to say, like, I think it's easier to find variations in the bigger vehicles, like the flag and the defiant, because collectors tend to piece those together. It, it's not as often that you find a full 100% complete one where you, versus like a, a figure, you know, so you may not have 10 flags together in front of you at one time, but to get one flag, you probably had to, you know, take parts from 10 different flags. And, and it's, I mean, that's how I've come across flag variations. Uh, same with Defiant. With me, with a, with a terror drone, because I didn't realize that there were two different colors of red used on the terror drone until I was trying to complete mine. See, but I think like that is, is, I don't think it's intentional. I think that is just, you know, a coloring. It just goes through the dye from one port, from an earlier production run to a later production run. Yeah, but sometimes those can be, th those to me count as variations. I, I really don't think that Hasbro has that wide of a range that they're fine with as far as what colors are used on things. Um, usually, if I mean, if you look at like those stalkers, and I mean, I know that we're talking modern and vintage, which is somewhat apples and oranges, but if you look at those stalkers, like uh, some of the changes that they make to things in the pre-production process are incredibly minute. And I don't think that they're just going to let the production run happen with wild changes happening. I mean, that's why they have paint masters there is to make sure things stay a consistent color. What? So, I mean, it, it also goes back to the argument that you kind of have to have it listed in some fashion because my terror drum was starting to look silly having precisely two different colors of red used everywhere. So I kind of had to, to settle upon one. Well, I mean, how many memos have, have we seen, I mean, that we've seen us talking that, you know, show, like, you know, this will be spray change number 12 and this will be running change number 82, or this doesn't even count as a running change. It's just, a, I mean, they have very specific things they do for uh, figures and vehicles and just spray apps in general and, you know, dye and whatever that, you know, they, it's all voiced. And whether, I'm sure if something's an error... There's a memo somewhere saying, oh, we screwed this up because we've seen that as well in certain memos, um, which, of course, is for a later episode. But, um, you know, as far as intent goes, you know, I, I got to agree with Pat that, you know, even the most minute thing can be intentional. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, groundbreaking intent wise. To save yeah. money, you could change the shade. I mean, I, I guess I could see that because, you know, as it is an expensive color to begin with. I mean, there's a lot of, of the Cobra Blue. I mean, I've seen in, in Asps, in Rattlers, that, you know, some of them are a real rich, dark blue, and some of them just fade off and are not as strong. I think sometimes the different batches, you know, and different colors may even come down to, you know, who the supplier was of the plastic or how that supplier got the colors that they did into the plastic. Um, but they do use Pantone color charts, you know, so that they make sure that everything stays the same. But there have been other things that I kind of have to include as a variation just because of different production runs. A really good example of that is uh, Valor vs. Venom Ace, whose really the main differences that happened on him were that some of the painted details of gray stopped matching the plastic color of gray quite so well. He's got, like, straps on his boots. 
And those went from being colored almost precisely like the base plastic of his shirt and pants to being a much lighter color. And not only did they change color, but they also got really sloppy. And that happened a lot for the 1988 and 89 figures, where there was a change of the factory in early 89. And some of the figures, like depending on whether they say Hong Kong or China on the butt, you know, some of the colors, like, you know, Blizzard's hair color is a different, two different colors of brown. Some of those colors did change, you know, ever so slightly, but it's a consistent thing. And, and I want to have that included because it may actually be, you know, that, that somebody prefers one over the other. And I think that's also kind of the heart of this variation hunt is, you know, what's preferred. Because obviously, if you're looking to buy a large vehicle like the Defiant, you may actually want to make sure that you got the sturdy version or the one that you can access the guns easier. You know, you may have a preference. And I think that's part of the variation thing. It's not just a, hey, we have another thing to hunt down. It may be that you just want one over the other. That's I just shared a link here in the in the text chat, but it, uh, it's a photo of, of three different bases for the flag superstructure. And depending on which one you... You get one has six supports versus three versus three in, in different locations, you know, so, and I think, you know, there's, there's obviously color changes in the deck of the flag and we don't have all this stuff photographed, but, you know, sometimes the color change, I think, goes along with an actual tooling change. Yeah, well, you have that sometimes too, even on smaller vehicles, the uh, Coastal Defender had later changes running it, that better support that, uh, piece of the top that holds the radar up keep it from flopping down and, and i definitely have to do a path there then when you start looking if you're aware of them you definitely want the sturdier more it, it almost feels like a more complete version yeah variation awareness isn't just for the sake in my opinion not just for the sake of collecting the both or collecting the variations it's just a matter of you know putting the information out there you know in, in the way that it was originally put together or, you know, what was the purpose of us tracking these to begin with? It certainly wasn't to track, you know, an error that, that one person found. It was to track something that we can collect. I have to interrupt. Can we just have a variation awareness poster or variation awareness day where like everyone in the school, you know, they have someone coming in like Pat, you can come and talk to the students and we need variation awareness month. I will pay good money. If anybody can find crystal balls with missing paint apps, uh, I've only found one ever. Well, since we're sort of on the topic of what is and isn't a variation, do you want to jump to the Ojo topic? Sounds good to me. All right. So, you know, Yojo seems to get a lot of criticism, uh, fair or unfair. I think a large part of the criticism uh, is because everyone uses Yojo. Uh, it's the this core of the community uh, or the hobby for what it is, and it always has been. I mean... Who hasn't used Yojo? Even Yojo uses Yojo. We're using Yojo right now talking about Yojo. Uh, you know, as I told a few of you before, more than a couple former old school Hasbro designers use Yojo uh, to identify things they've worked on. Um, one former Hasbro designer has Yojo pages printed out, uh, and he hasn't worked on G.I. Joe in like a decade. So because it is so widely used and referenced, it is going to be prone by nature to criticism, and that's a given. Uh 
But, you know, let's go over some of the criticisms you guys get. Pat, I know you've gotten some criticism late, some criticisms lately, uh, and usually it doesn't seem like people realize that it's you they are actually criticizing. It seems like they are speaking out against some phantom faceless conglomerate that is out to make their collecting lives more difficult somehow by not catering to their impulses and their sense of entitlement. Uh, I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but that's what it comes off like to me sometimes. It's like they don't care how or why you do things, just that you should do whatever, even if it's meaningless and isn't stemmed on things like discipline and intent. Um, just go ahead and upload whatever. Who cares if it's accurate, since when is anything factual of any consequence or value? You know, I mean, like, how frustrating is it? Well, I guess that's not the first question I want to ask. I guess the first question isn't how frustrating is it, but... Uh, you know, like you showed with the psychouts, you just have like a pile of psychouts. Uh, like Tim was saying, where are you going to get a pile of generals at this time of night to confirm whether or not something's a very, you know what I mean? Like Pat, for you, what, what's, what's, what's your biggest hurdle? Is it hoping that you're right? Is it being proven wrong? Is it, uh, you know, is it, is it making every, trying to make everyone happy? Uh, or is it, you know, is it trying to be responsible? Is that the hardest part? Well, apparently the hardest part is for me to actually get the pictures and to get them uploaded because it takes me forever to uh, sometimes get some things updated. Uh, the most difficult part personally is is a little bit of the criticism. I, I think that sometimes people think that Yojo is just, uh, you know, sent all the stuff for free before it comes out. and If we don't have it up, it's because we're way late. And the truth of the matter is all that stuff, you know, it's, it's bought by people who are fans uh a lot of the figure archive right now phil is doing in what in in my opinion is an incredible job i mean if you've never taken the time to uh to do all that work yourself you really don't understand it i know that i did some additions to the figure archive all by myself back in the valor versus venom days and it is incredibly it's it's time consuming to actually find the items put them together and to uh, is somebody rattling through stuff? Yeah, who's rattling through shit? I thought I was muted. Sorry. That's all right. But Pat, I, I, as someone who's who's done an action figure archive on, in book form with Marvel Legends and having to do all those, that's just you know taking the pictures and editing them. You guys go a step further even to have to put all that stuff in code and make it work. I couldn't even imagine how much harder it is for you guys. Well, and I mean, I I take the worst pictures I can, not on purpose. I'm just really bad at taking pictures. And, you know, even I take, you know, multiple angles of bad pictures. Sometimes I think two look better than 50, so I put two up there even though they're almost identical just because I'm like, well, maybe one of these is going to, you know, get me off the hook because I'm taking such shitty pictures that I can't imagine what it's like to, like Josh said, to not only, you know, put the pictures up there, code them, upload them, and have it actually be cohesive so it looks like an archive. I mean, you can't just take nice pictures and call it an archive. <coughs> But, um, you know, it's, uh, it, I, I can't, the, the work that, like you said about Phil, you know, the work that goes into doing it is one thing, having the time to do it, the resources to do it, you know, the two like, well, I could get it done in a day. That's great. But you know what? You'd probably miss a beat. There's probably something you would do if it only took you a day to upload hundreds of figures that you would totally miss. Realize that you can do everything overnight if you use somebody else's work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I've always felt that Yo Joe was kind of the community's resource 
once the community has that information, it's nice for it to be to be in there because you know, that's how Yojo started. It was, I mean, for anyone who was back, you know, in the '90s collecting, Yojo started as and always has been kind of a, a place where anybody collecting can can move to to try to contribute. I mean, I I know that whenever I first started using Yojo, just as a fan. It didn't have most of the battle core accessories, and the reason why some of those battle core accessories, say from the collection of Patrick Stewart, is not because I added them there, but it was because you know I took pictures of mine and sent them into Eugene, and it took you know him however much time it was to get them up. But you know it, it's definitely a fan effort. Um, I can't really speak too much personally for uh, the the figure archive because. I relate to what Phil goes through now because he's he's handling a lot of that himself only because, you know, it's been, I mean, I, last time I, I really worked on the figure section, not variations on figures, but the actual entries for figures themselves was Valor versus Venom. So, I mean, what's that been, like eight years? Um, so, I mean, it, that's definitely Phil's effort. But some of those things, you know, it's just difficult in 2009 the cash expense of buying every single thing that came out is a lot. And then the effort of having to try to find it. I know it was difficult to keep up on variations and all I had to do was just keep trying to buy the stuff. I wasn't at the time buying it, taking a picture of every single accessory and then linking it and cross linking that and referencing it and, and making it all work and, and be timely about it. I mean, the fact that he's gotten through 2009 to me is is impressive. Um, I think though that uh, the the Yojo does definitely rely on the community help, and that one of my frustrations to answer Gary's initial question is the fact that I, I think that oftentimes people do think that it's just kind of this automatic thing that happens that Hasbro releases a figure and days later it should appear on Yojo because. You know, Hasbro just sends us the images and they just go up there. It doesn't work that way at all. After Hasbro releases the figure, first one of one of the people at Yojo, usually Phil, has to find it. They have to buy it. They have to take the pictures of it. They have to add it. You know, a lot of times, prior to him finding it or, or somebody else, other people online have found it, have posted reviews, posted information. And I think that a lot of people think, hey, you know, that's when it's late. You know, we really are just fans that are that are putting this stuff out there, and it, it does need a lot of help. Well, not only that, but, I mean, even if people contributed, you can't guarantee a cohesiveness with photo-taking, like, oh, what, you have all the retaliation figures and you took pictures for Yojo and they're not uploading your pictures to their site? Well, maybe you took shitty pictures, or maybe it's just not done in a Yojo style. I mean, part of... Part of Yojo is that it has a style. You can look at it and you can say that's distinctly Yojo. It's it's I mean, yeah, on one hand it's tons of money that someone else has to has to put in, then it's tons of time they have to put in, then it's all the website stuff that goes into it. And then it's basically even if someone is to contribute, it needs to be on par with everything else that's going on or as an archive it's just a mess. So like, I never understand why people just go, like, why isn't this up there? Why isn't this done? Why? Well, because there's, like, what, four people doing four things at, on their own time, on their own schedule, with their own money, 
and it has to still make sense in the end. I mean, we can't even do that on a podcast. We can't even do that in person sometimes. I, you know, we can't even do that with our own collections here and there. I mean, there's things that some of us have been searching, you know, years for, you know, well, mostly you guys, not me, but like, I'm just getting started, but there's things that people have searched years for, like Chris, like a crystal ball variation. You'd think by now out of the, you know, how many, how many crystal balls would you say you had Nova? Uh, uh, 300 plus. There you go. Out of 300 plus, you still have not found anything other than what one with a paint app difference that like can tell you that there's a, another variation out there. Something like, you know, it, when you, when it, Look at that. Like, you, you look at that, and then you see someone complaining that a variation has not been uploaded for some reason, and they just overlook every single aspect that goes into just all of it, you know? Whether it's a missing gun or, you know, missing snake eyes. God forbid there was a snake eyes that was labeled wrong out of 60 million of them. I don't know. So I just I, – I get frustrated for you when I see people just ragging on what is is, you know – Sort of the the heart of you know GI Joe forming and archiving is Yo Joe. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a good example. Whenever, whenever uh, Stalker actually he he stands as a great example for me because whenever that yellow Stalker came out, I was searching high and low for him, and I couldn't even find a green one whenever he first came out, let alone a yellow one. Uh, I think I ended up paying about ninety bucks for that figure whenever I bought it. And it ended up shipping loose from Florida from somebody who had found one there. So it was just one of those situations where, yeah, Yojo, people were being like, hey, why has that variation not been added? It's like, well, sell me the figure cheap. I was still hoping to find one at retail and not have to spend all that money. You know, I'm a collector just like everyone else. I, I work a job. I don't, I don't get paid for adding stuff to there. It's part of my hobby. I know that I would eventually find one for a good deal. Which at the time that I bought it, ninety bucks was a good deal, um, but it was you know a situation where I had to, you know, I had to find one. That's why it wasn't up there. I mean, some of this stuff's hard to find. I, I the other the other huge huge criticism because I know that there's somebody out there thinking this right now, and they're right. And so I'm just going to say it only because if we don't say it, it's going to be the topic to criticize the episode as well. Is that Somebody's going to post, hey, you know, I did contribute to Yojo, and the thing still hasn't been posted. And you know what? They're probably right. They probably did send something in to one of the many emails that has been used in the past or one of the ones that's posted somewhere in the site right now, and it hasn't been posted. Right now, I'd say the best way of communicating something, if you really want to communicate with the administrators, I'm not one of the administrators, by the way, um, would be to talk to Red to Red Claw, Terry, or to talk to PJ Donnell, um, who is a, a Phil, and, you know, go to the forum, post on the forum, talk to them, you know, private message them, do whatever, do whatever you're going to do if something has been overlooked. Because if you look back, I mean, those two guys that I just mentioned, they're not the original guys from Yojo.com. I'm not the original guy from Yojo.com. The original guys, you know, Life intervenes. People do other things. And, you know, somebody picked up the torch and, and, and kept going with it. Uh, you know, these things got passed on to other collectors who've been, who've been around for a long time. Um, and, and sometimes in the process of that change, there were some things that were submitted that got overlooked or shuffled around or sent to the wrong person. So I have to personally apologize, even though I don't – it's not really my place to – 
because whenever I've gone to local meets uh, and people finally have made the connection, hey, you're the variation guy. I'm going to yell at you because I contributed something 10 years ago when you weren't even there, and it's still not up. It's like, well, I have no idea what email that got sent to, what you're talking about, what the item may be, whether or not pictures have been uploaded of it since then. I'm really not sure what you're talking about. So I apologize if that's the case. But like I said, talk to Phil, talk to Terry. I'm not the official source at all. Um, they would be the official guys. I'm just somebody who helps out with the variations. Well, and that brings me kind of to what's been going on on the forums is there's been uh, – now it's become, hey, I went to Yojo and I've used it for years. And, oh, look, I've found this variation you don't know about. And the minute someone steps in and says, I'm pretty sure that's not a – you know, a final variation that's a pre-production variation or it's an error, it automatically comes, oh, you're just jealous. You know, it it's become, now it's become, Yojo is great, but all of a sudden it becomes, you know, who are you to tell me what a variation is? So I'm going to ask you, Pat, you know, who are you to tell someone what a variation is? And I actually want other people to answer this question for me as most of us know, Pat. Pat, in your, and I know it's hard for you because I know you're very humble and you're very, you know, sort of generous towards other people and rarely to yourself, you know, what what makes you think you're qualified to handle the variation sections of Yojo? I feel that going into it, I'm no more qualified than anyone else, to be honest. But the truth is, I've been battered around a little bit by it, uh, you know, with people's criticisms of whether or not something is or isn't a variation. And I think that those, con- those criticisms are constructive. We just had a discussion now over some of the things that I thought were hot topics, such as the 97 figures and the Valor versus Venom Viper with and without the logo. Should those things be included or should they not? Once you figure those things out and where your your position is on those things that are difficult to determine, the other things kind of fall in line. And I think that, you know, I, I want I obviously want to be responsible about this. Um, and, and that's where part of it comes from. Another part of it comes from the fact that there are people out there who are deliberately trying to make money off of posting things that are not true. Uh, it didn't necessarily – I think it did leak over to Yojo. If you look inside the forums, you could kind of read about it. And I don't want to call anyone out specifically or, or say that the specific details. But there was a, a situation recently where there were some items that were posted as official items that were very hard to find from Europe. And people were paying, you know, more than a thousand dollars for these rare figures that ended up being fakes. And it was a good thing that some of the more responsible people who had their eye on those said, "Hey, you know what? I can tell that that's a fake because, you know, this detail, this detail, and that one don't match." And then they started looking deeper into it, and you know, people managed to get their money back. And I thought that was a great example of the community coming together and and putting their foot down, saying, "No, you know what?" That thing is fake. We need to be responsible about this. But the trouble of adding something immediately to Yojo Joe the second it shows up on the forum is what if we'd added that and it became official word? Not only would we look bad, but we would have endorsed you know, somebody spending their money on that. And I don't think that that's necessarily right. So, I mean, there has to be not just from the, the standpoint of, you know, I have it and you don't, which is really not what this is about. It's a standpoint of just being being sure that the community is responsible with itself. I don't really want to be the person to police the community, but I also don't want to be a sucker. Well, who, who, who here is willing to, uh, to sort of 
Uh, I'll chime in. I'll chime in. You don't even have to finish the sentence. All right. Pat is on the short list that I know every single one of us on this podcast would go to if we found something and we weren't quite sure about it. Pat's the expert. He knows what he's talking about. I'm not talking about he's familiar with G.I. Joe. The guy knows the ins and outs of G.I. Joe. He's the go-to guy. He's the guy you go to when you find something. You're like, I don't know what this is. I've never heard of this before. Pat is going to, you're going to want Pat to chime in on it. Yeah, I don't know why you say you're not qualified or anybody else. It, qualification comes with experience and work done in the field, and you've done more of that than almost anyone. So I would say it's, there's no shame in saying I'm the most qualified for the job. Well, I, I definitely appreciate that coming from both of you guys because I, I definitely think that you guys are are uh, really people who've pushed the hobby ahead and, and not just necessarily G.I. Joe, obviously, Josh, that you, you've done some great stuff with other toy lines too. And uh, I, I think that that's, that's, a, uh, that, that's an overall theme that I kind of have been trying lately to, to think about personally a lot is, is people who are kind of out there in the G.I. Joe world uh, not necessarily researching variations because that's just one thing. But I like going to, and I, I know, like John, you know, over there at Joe Customs, I actually won a couple years ago at uh, JoeCon for, um, you know, the Frank and Joe contest. And the the techniques that I used, the type of paint that I used, a lot of that stuff I learned was from Joe Customs. So I, I think that whenever. You know, so that was really a win for Joe Customs in a way, while it was a win for me. Um, I, so I think that, you know, there are people in the hobby who what they are doing is pressing the hobby even further and making it making the resources even better. So I think it's great when somebody goes out there, learns what they know and reports it back so that, you know, our collective knowledge is that much better. And I, I think that that's, that's a huge thing, that it, it's a great part of the hobby and why I do want to encourage people, you know, for variations and other things to go on the forums and post and, you know, be responsible about it. Don't, don't just be a jerk and name call or and whatever, but I, I think that a lot of times we do get the constructive criticism out of people and it, and it does make us better. I probably wouldn't be hunting variations quite the same way if it weren't for the fact that people are always there playing devil's advocate for me, asking me why it isn't a variation or why it is a variation. Those questions made me wonder, you know, what is and is not a variation in general. You know, I try to tell people all the time, don't ask me, ask Pat. And that's not a, uh, that's not laziness on my part. That means literally, like, if you want the best answer, you know, if anyone can point you in the right direction for, usually it's something very specific, I'm like, just ask pat you know i come to you with the dumbest shit and i try to come to you with the uh you know the sort of most elevated shit i just i try to i make sure that i'm not missing something or you know and maybe that you've missed something i i just try very hard to make sure that um i'm as responsible with things before i go off and like look what i found i'm always like pat did i find anything sometimes i have sometimes i haven't sometimes you send me a picture of something and you found something that tops anything I could ever post, but that's for another episode. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not about, uh, you know, you see people on the boards, Oh, you're just jealous or this. No, it's, I mean, it's just raw as, as, as Josh stated, it's just the, the raw of it is that you are the most qualified person. I think to the, to the extent that not that you're not 
not that you're most qualified person at everything or that other people can't be more right than you because that's not what it's about. It's just this constant, everyone I know goes to Pat or they say, ask Pat or I should really ask Pat or, you know, wait till Pat sees this. Like, you know, uh, it. I just, uh, I don't know if it's because people don't know that you're the sort of force behind that aspect of Yojo or just, I don't know what it is, but uh, when I see people, you know, arguing with people like you or Sam or Josh or John or Fred or Brian, I'm just like, really? Like, really? I've only been doing this for three years and I know better than to be like, I bet you're wrong, Pat. You know, I just, it's not even in my, it's not even in my brain to do it, you know? I mean, and there's things you and I have discussed where, you know, you've said, I really don't think that's the case. And I've said, you know, my conspiracy theory is probably right and yours isn't. But at the same time, I'd never be like, you're wrong. So, well, well I've, done, I've done a good job of being wrong already a few times on the podcast. I think that if you go back and listen, you'll hear me predict that uh, Lady J is going to be the New York Comic-Con exclusive. You'll hear me predict that the uh, blue uh, retaliation Joe Trooper will never show up at retail. Uh, you know, so maybe I should make some other predictions like the fan subscription service will be not, not be available in the next two weeks. I don't know. Some stuff just to make it happen. Um, well, there's yeah, the- I, I'm, I'm not always right. And some of the areas of the variation section that are kind of suffering are package variations, file card variations, and vehicle variations, which I think Tim is going to do a great job of uh, – filling in filling in that vacancy um because those are things that i don't have necessarily the space or resources to research myself i know i just posted a couple of file cards but i don't really have a ton of file cards i only have a full set of file cards to compare new ones to so it's just one of those things where i mean this is definitely a community effort and if you see a big old area like uh you know international variations or packages or file cards and, and you want to make sure that the list gets updated. The best way of doing it is going to the forums. That's that. Uh, it actually was me who said, "Hey, at Yojo, let's have a section specifically dedicated to variations, so they don't become buried under every other topic or lost." You know, it makes it a lot easier now. I can just go back and look at the last month's list of variations, and if there's still a hot topic, kind of we're debating about, because it does take that long to cover them. You know. It, it, you can find it, and that's why you know the hawk one is still in my head, even though it's been a little while. I'm still like trying to figure out, you know, how many, how how widespread was this deal, and what was Hasbro's intention with that chuckles gun appearing in Hawk's package. Well, I mean, let's be fair. There's a difference between you know you and I going back and forth, and everyone else last episode with predictions about figures that we didn't even know were going to show up at Meyer of all places the next day, and you know the the absolute you know, ton of footwork you've done with the past. I mean, your predictions were based on things that have happened before. That's, that's not a mistake. That's, that's not even, you know, that's just, uh, what it is. It's, you know, you're basing it on everything that you've come across and seen, and it just seems to make the most sense. But, you know, sometimes the, the first logical answer isn't the, the answer at all. Sometimes the illogical, like it, does it make sense that the uh, the the brown troopers all had rubber bands on their weapons that were being sold on eBay, and then the blue ones were nowhere to be seen, and they end up at retail? That doesn't make any. Even I, most people with that much information would make that prediction. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, let's also be really fair. Like, there's no way we could have 
seen that coming. I mean, you know, I was convinced the blue one wasn't going to show up. We'll have to realize whether, you know, the podcast or on, on the websites or everything, you know, it applies not just to what Pat's doing with, with variants or, or Tim the Vehicles or what Yojo has or Declassified has, is it's all history. Any historian will tell you, you get the best education that you can determine from the known facts that are available to you. You know, if you're writing history on something from 6,000 years ago, you know, you're, you're digging up things. And, and all the time, the scientific community discovers new things that may change our perception. You know, look at theories of evolution, um, what we know about, you know, the development of the human skeleton and subspecies that they're in. The same thing can happen with, you know, G.I. Joe items from 30 years ago. As new things come to light, those theories may change. But based on the things as we know them right now, you can only go on the facts that are at hand. And unfortunately, that's where everybody's stuck. Well, it's not to say also that just because, you know, there are experts, that it's bad for people to argue against some of the forums. It's not bad having the arguments. It's bad having arguments with nothing to back them up. If you have information that will change the topic, will change the conversation and, and push it forward, please come on and, and, and make those kind of those arguments. Those those are that's healthy conversation in, in the community and not, you know, the harmful ones where you get the oh yeah, you're wrong because you know, I say so. I don't you know, Because you're you know, jealous. You have, yeah, yeah, we always ah. that, yes. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is you know I, I I PM'd someone the other day about a discussion that happened somewhere and they asked me and I was like you should really talk to Pat. Um, speaking of, but you know what it was was uh, I told him I was like you know it's it's great to ask questions. It's that's how anyone gets anywhere. That's how anyone decides they even want to dig that far into the hobby is by asking questions and. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you can ask questions till you're blue in the face, but like Josh says, if you have nothing to back it up or if your response is an immediate, like, insult, you're, no one's going to listen to you after that. There are people who are willfully ignorant and, and, and really just want to make themselves, you know, believe their own hype, basically, and you deal with those people. And, I mean, this whole, this whole discussion is spawning out of that, that Red Ninja variation thing. Well, well, I think the heart of it is, is is very pertinent. It's a difficult, it's difficult to express that in a way that that doesn't call out anyone in particular. But yeah. to be honest, it shouldn't be because it, it's not like you know that kind of topic is an isolated scenario. Uh, you know, there's oftentimes where people just want to put the information out there and they don't want to hear it, and there's other times where people you know think that they have the right answer and they end up shouting down somebody who they shouldn't. So I always want to be open to anybody posting their potential finds. Um, I don't know how many times I've been on, you know, the, the variations forum and, and somebody posts, uh, you know, a faded figure, a figure that's been in the sun or been in the heat way too long and it's a different color. And they're like, no, 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 look, it's, it's definitely different. And it's like, yes, it is different, but it's because it's, it's not in good condition. And there's never a soft way of saying that to somebody there's never an easy way of saying, well, we, we know what that is, and it's not what you think it is. Um, I always feel kind of bad about it. Sometimes I feel like I talk to somebody down. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you, you try to put out what the best guess is. Like Sam was saying, being uh, historical about things and going off of what we do know. Um, we know that figures fade. We know 
what kind of things happen to figures when they fade. Sometimes the paint actually does get lighter in color, which is something that a lot of people just don't believe. And they keep posting figures, you know, oh, I found a so-and-so with a white shirt on. And really, it's just a figure that had, you know, flesh painted around the collar. It's a vintage figure, and the paint is faded for whatever reason. Uh, that happens a lot, and I don't want to discourage those people from making those posts because they may eventually end up finding something. I don't want people to be afraid to make a post thinking that the pe people who are in the know or who are the so-called experts are going to shout them down or discourage them. Josh, was that you that I sent my picture of uh, my son damaged Burble asking if it might be pre-production? Like way back when? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and Pat, it, it, here's the soft way to tell somebody they're wrong. Tell them to go buy a bottle of hydrogen, pro hydrogen peroxide, put the figure in the hydrogen peroxide, leave it in the sun all afternoon, and then tell me, is it still yellow? Well, no, but then th what they would tell you is that, you know, well, that would happen if you put anything in there, it's going to change color. Like, they would find, they would find some other way. No, that, that only works yeah, exactly. with level-headed people. do that. They're super rare variation. <laughs> I mean, the sad part is if you're bruising somebody's ego for telling them, you know, you know, actually, based on what we've seen, that isn't the case. I mean, they're, they're just sensitive people anyway. I didn't my very end thing. I, I just want to uh, to say that uh, variation collecting has definitely been fun and it wouldn't be the same if it weren't for all those constructive criticism slash uh, you know, flat out criticism posts, but I, I don't, I don't see it as necessarily a negative thing. I actually would encourage people to dig through, see what they can find. I, I love it whenever there's something that somebody else finds and, and it's, you know, something I don't know about because it gives me something else to look for. Um, but, you know, definitely stay positive. I'm sorry if I sometimes come across as being too harsh with, uh, my, um, my own kind of doubt it's not doubt it's just me making things as waterproof as possible uh and it's just my list you know there are other people who've had variation lists out there and they're also great and it a lot of times it comes down to what you personally feel is what and you know just collect what you like i guess all right well uh with that because we could obviously go on forever and ever considering that's kind of the uh the point of the discussion, and that's point, part of the uh, point of collecting. I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Fred Meyer for uh, stopping by. He had to shoot out early, but uh, it was great to uh, have him on. And uh, also a very special thanks to uh, to John, Mr. P. Love, for also coming on. So thank you, John, for being here. Oh, it's fun. A uh, anytime. Uh, just not ever. <laughs> Man, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, no, but that's the thing is we start out with 11 hosts, and what do we have now? Five, six. So, Seven. you know, people get worried that we have too many people. And then by the end of the episode, uh, you know, Kevin has passed out or James has passed out on Kevin or Justin just hasn't shown up again, that kind of thing. So, you know, uh, towards the end, everything just sort of uh, does what it needs to do. Um, does anything, anyone have anything else they want to uh, say or plug? Now's your chance. No? Give me all your crystal balls. <laughs> And uh, all right, so with that, we will say good night. Make sure you uh, make sure you hit up jodeclassified.com and jodeclassified.com/forum. Uh, they are essentially the same organization and site, but they are two different uh, animals in 
um, what you can see and experience there. So by all means, explore both uh, diligently. And uh, other than that, I think we will say goodnight because it is late and it is night. So I will say goodnight. Goodnight. Night, everybody. Good night. Is, is Tim going to start talking about the uh, general variations yet? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, okay. So, good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Done recording yet? Yeah. Yeah. Do I get a glow dark snake eyes? We're not done. Our heroes dance on our fortune of fame. Protect freedom because we all just wanted the same. Real heroes don't give up. They fight through the pain and never forget. Then I don't have to live. JoeDeclassified.com. And I don't know, I'm trying to keep guesses out of the finalized list.